In this episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, we talk about Blade Runner for the PC. A quick note, we were having atrocious Skype problems during this episode. I did my best to kind of hide the awkwardness um, in the edits, but uh, if we sound a little stilted and weird, it is because we are replicants. Subject, Gary Butterfield. Waste disposal. ID number 4D3D3D3. Reaction time is a factor in this, so please pay attention and answer my questions as quickly as you can. And, and please don't move. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm kind of nervous. Please don't move. You come across your brother. You're kissing him. Why? Wait, wait, what? What, what kind of question is that? Is it part of the test? You're kissing him. You're kissing your brother. Why? Um, I don't know. He's got good gams, good legs. I, I, I don't know. Next question. Hmm. You keep pronouncing it SNES, even though everyone around you tells you to stop. Why do you persist? I, I guess that's the way my brother always said it. I mean, you try disagreeing with those calves. I Wait, which SNES? The, the SNES or the NES SNES? They're just questions. You're having an erotic dream about Poochie from Yoshi's Island. The focus is soft. Baker Street plays gently in the distance. You smell lilac and stale cigar smoke. Yoshi lays his eggs into your waiting mouth while Poochie watches with his friend Steven Tyler. What's a Yoshi? Ever heard of a sex dinosaur? Yeah. Same thing. Yoshi's mucus-covered eggs are falling into your waiting mouth, your quivering lips. But you're not scared. I'm not scared. See my briefcase? Yeah. Baby skin. Come the fuck on, man. Do I get the job or not? I know you're not a skin job, dog. You got the job. This is an overhead projector with an accordion strapped to it. I'm just yanking your goat. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me go in there. What? You're yanking my what? What's a goat? You got the job, and time's a wasting. So suit up. Tyrell smokestacks ain't gonna sweep themselves. Oh, okay. Uh- Wait, are, are those the ones I saw driving up here that belch fire every couple seconds? Yeah, yeah. It's a huge safety hazard, but don't worry. We, we have signs. They say... My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. 
And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are doing uh, Blade Runner, which is an adventure game developed by Westwood Studios and published by Virgin Interactive Entertainment for the PC in 1997. Mm-hmm. And you may be thinking, Watch Out for Fireballs. Didn't you just do Blade Runner? <laughs> no, no, no. We uh, we actually just did uh, Snatcher, but you can be forgiven for making that mistake. Given that the first uh, shot of the Snatcher and of the movie are the exact same. Yep. Yeah. This is this is very much and and in a way like at first when uh, uh, so this was suggested by uh, Kickstarter backer extraordinaire Eric and uh, he and you know astute listeners we he was going to join us and actually was unable to due to scheduling but. Uh, um, he wanted, you know, this is, Eric is somebody I know from, from growing up, and this is a game we both played around the same time, um, both really liked. And when he first suggested it, I thought, ah, you know, we're already doing Snatcher. But then, you know, it's actually kind of neat that we're doing Snatcher and this. Yeah. So we can kind of take two, uh, two interpretations of very similar source material. Exactly. And kind of look at them with that kind of lens, so. And they're incredibly different. I mean, just, just if you look at linearity. You know. Yeah, very, yeah, very different games and very different uh, sensibilities, but just have a lot in common, just because they're uh, they're both based on Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the classic film. Um, this game, you know, just like Snatcher, doesn't actually retell the story of the movie, but it actually takes place in the same universe and uh, is a parallel narrative. Um, your point of view character is Ray McCoy, and you're investigating a separate family of replica- replicants than uh, Roy Batty and crew. And uh, what's uh, notable about this is that you, the, the instigating uh, incident for this is that uh, the this other family of replicants is going around killing real animals, which, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is a nice little commentary that animal lives are more precious than replicant lives. You know, mm-hmm. everything about the entire Blade Runner universe is like, this is symbolism. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, symbolism aside, though, Blade Runner, it's kind of you know, primarily an investigative adventure game, uh, and the focus is on gathering clues um, rather than uh, items to knock against each other. So you're finding items, but they're kind of being logged away in your uh, in your evidence organization system, Kaya. Um, I was going to mm-hmm. say Kia, like the cars, but it's not. It's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're using the Esper system uh, in order to examine these photos turning 2D photographs into 3D, which is mm-hmm. humorous to me. And uh, you're using yeah. that information to uh, to, to uh, talk to the right people at the right time about the right stuff. And the Esper thing is just fan service for the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that's impossible when it happens in the movie, too. Yep. But it just looks cool and sounds cool. It looks so. cool and sounds cool. And, uh, like, it's, it's like a gee whiz kind of thing when it happens because you think he's just zooming and panning in, which makes equally as little sense. <laughs> like right, there's only right. so much res- resolution in a picture, but it's like, what's he? Uh, oh, like when he sees the scale, it's like, all right, here we go. Before the idea of resolution, right? Like there's just you know, in 1982, it was just like, well, you know, pictures are pretty magical. I, you know, if you just get, if you get close enough, Deckard, you can you can, <laughs> you can see pull, it. Pull out my jeweler's yeah. loop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, you you can you can see it. <laughs> That's my Ridley Scott impersonation, Deckard. <laughs> you you can see it if you get close enough. Um, the, uh, anywho, the, uh, yeah, so, and there's combat in this game, uh, but, you know, kind of similar to Snatcher, it's, it's clumsy and rare and kind of (laughs) dumb, and, but you're not, um, using it often in here because, uh, if you, you can retire somebody on accident, and if they're not a replicant, if they're a human, that's going to fuck things up. 
Um, there are certain characters that you can administer the Voight comp test to. Again, just kind of in fan service of the movie. And that is a separate minigame along with the Esper system. Yeah. So you, you're asking questions of varying difficulty uh, with that. And uh, kind of the game of it is to not bore or uh, like press this person way too hard. And yeah, they don't take you seriously. You know, if you're just like, somebody's dying, what do you do? Yeah. Somebody's dying, what do you yeah. do? Yeah, everything you have is made of baby skin. Yeah. And then, then they're just going to get bored. <laughs> it's, like, it's it's very similar to that guy in high school who made all the dead baby jokes. Ugh. Like, it's just like, oh, just, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. You know, this, is, this is no longer shocking. Yeah, human misery is now white noise to me. Thank you, Steve. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there, there's something you can do. Like, you, you can mess with the sensitivity on it um, in order to frame somebody, but I, I never did that. Um, in order to in order to get that to happen, so the that kind of contributes to uh, one of the major departures from the adventure game formula. You know, you think of an adventure game; it's a bunch of people standing around, um, and you go to it in a prescribed order. But in Blade Runner, um, everything is kind of randomized. Um, not everything, but there's a there there's one primary uh, thing that is randomized, which is uh, different people are going to be replicants um, on every playthrough. Right. So that mm-hmm. affects there are 13 endings, which is he, like a huge number, like a preposterous number for an adventure game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, who is a replicant and how uh, and how you interact with them determines which ending you get. Yeah. And, and most notably, uh, that includes yourself. Right. Like you could be a replicant and not know it, which, you know, obviously ties really strongly into the theming of the movie, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit later. Yeah. Um, because it, it shares a lot of that. Um, another big change from the adventure game formula is that the game is kind of in real time or sort of real time, meaning that characters, you know, kind of pursue their own objectives rather than stand in one place and wait for you. This isn't a, like a radiant AI thing where they're going and eating dinner at a certain time. Yeah. But, you know, when you make when the time comes to, you know, to choose between investigating one thing and another, um, there's an opportunity cost that happens with it. And the plot can kind of move behind the scenes without you being there to witness it. There's one scene where you go into a house and the lady's like, I'm hungry, and you teach her a fire spell, and then she cooks her pet chicken and she's all sad. Emerging gameplay mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. An actual thing that was uh, uh, purported about Oblivion, which totally didn't do those things. Yeah, they, they've yeah. never quite done that. Well, it never works. You know, like it's, it's nice that people go about their days, but this is the, the idea of these just miserable people working on these like 12 minute day cycles, <laughs> you know, just going, going outside, picking two cantaloupes and going inside it's, every single day, like is not very immersive to it, me. It's pretty bleak, actually, like just that, yeah. you can, that you can stand there and just fast forward and like you're in the same place. Oh, it's Thor's day. So now I'm going, now you're going to be at the bar <laughs> and it's just kind of like it, it, it puts a puts kind of a lens on your own life. And it's like, oh, man, every Saturday I'm doing this thing. Yeah. It's also weird, too. You think about whoever's baby that is at uh, Bethesda, where they just keep trying it and keep pushing it. Like every every Elder Scrolls game, that's like a talking, you know, that's a talking point. Like this this time we got it, guys. And uh, nope, not not really. And also it doesn't really suffer from it. Just let it go. Yeah. (laughs) Like scripting is okay. (laughs) Yeah, it is okay. Yeah. It's okay, buddy. I don't know. It, it, it bugs me when you go when you go to see somebody, but they're not there, and that happens, you know, sometime here too. And it kind of lends you know, along with the randomization to like the the systems don't make themselves apparent in this, uh, you know, at, at first blush. And until you realize kind of the stuff that's underpinning this, uh, the game can feel kind of broken um, in a lot of in a, in a lot of places unless you unless you realize that uh, that, that that it's accounting for. Uh, these particular variables, right? It feels like it's bad flagging, but no, you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
Right, right. Like if you, if it kind of encourages you to play like an investigator, mm-hmm. you know, so like the video game part of you thinks, oh, this guy's obviously going to be here, you know, at the same time, but actual McCoy might have to track somebody down, right? you know, and they might go about their business. So it's kind of neat. Like at first it rankled me a little bit in, uh, in replaying it, but I've, I've come to kind of like it. Mm-hmm. There are some flag things that's still kind of like the game is keeping track of an, a, a lot of variables. Yeah. And uh, there, there was a point uh, near the ending where the, the you know, the, there was a kind of a false flag, not in, like the Jesse Ventura. <laughs> okay. Sense. Not, not like the Boston but, bombing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not like a false flag event, that yeah. kind of thing. But there was, there was a kind of a, a flag that was, you know, triggered and I hadn't actually done the thing, did the thing what did the thing, um, <laughs> you know, and then, and then I just kind of chalked that up to the game, mm-hmm. you know, having a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Being weird. Because I haven't really seen this in an adventure game before. Have you like you played a lot of adventure games? Not, I mean, not really. Like, there's some new stuff that's doing stuff, you know, that that that, that is kind of approximating this. Like, uh, uh, oh gosh, Wajet Eye is doing a little bit of that. Like, with a uh, Gemini Rue has like some, but not not nearly as uh, as inscrutable or ambitious as this. Mm. Right. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, yeah. It, it feels a little broken at first, which is which was one of my big complaints until I saw the whole of it. But like, if somebody is just jumping into this, it's probably good to know that like systemically it's interesting, which is not something you could say about an adventure game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like it's it's not just a list of things you do in order. Yeah, to get a thing like it is it's definitely a little bit more organic than that. Yeah. So uh, like you know, in in terms of like pure adventure games, the, 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 that's the example. But like this is something that shows up shows up like in Shenmue, and just to. to pull the veil back a little bit um we're recording this before we record the uh, deadly premonition episode um but mm-hmm. uh but uh, that happens at deadly premonition as well uh where characters have routines and uh they show up in different places and uh you know catching them at the right place can advance the plot so uh you will have heard us talk about that aspect of that <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. unless we die between now and then oh uh, exactly is our standard our standard disclaimer <laughs> For when we record in advance. Precisely. Um, but um, so. <laughs> one thing I really, really like, like about this game is that it is, it's faithful to the source material. Um, a bunch of the environments, uh, you know, DNA Row, the, uh, the, the, the Bradbury building, um, the, the appearance of police headquarters, the Tyrell Corporation, like they're all, like you can tell they use the film as reference for that. And mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of the angles are recreated um, and uh, the atmosphere is very much intact. In addition to that, a bunch of the actors came back. Um, mm-hmm. big exception being Edward James almost didn't return to play Gaff, but like everybody else, like JF Sebastian, uh, you know, Chu, um, all of them, their actors came back to provide voiceover, um, you know, talent for that, which to me, like that, that aided a lot. Oh yeah. 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 And in general, I will say, um, with some exceptions of actually, uh, McCoy, um, the <laughs> new characters and voices they add are in tone with the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, very, you know, they, they match very well. McCoy is a little bit, um, it reminded me a little bit of Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> like he had a little bit of like being nonplussed about things that he should be more alarmed about sometimes. Yeah. yeah he's, he's like a Silent um, Hill protagonist. Yeah. He's, he's a little too cheerful, uh, <laughs> at, at times. But other than him, like the, the new people they add, like they, they match up really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so generally like, you know, really kind of top notch voice acting and, and production. Including weirdly, Jeff Garland is one of the, as one of the villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. The guy from Curb, marry okay. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's also really cool about it, and this is just from a technical uh, standpoint, is that uh, none of what you see is three D rendered. 
um, in the traditional sense. So uh, Westwood Studios came up with this Voxel Plus engine. Um, which meant that people could play this without a uh, without a 3D uh, accelerator, which was really rare uh, for this kind of um, rendering of a game. <clears throat> so really, they just used they they relied on the processor to push these voxel models um, of the characters and objects rather than doing any kind of polygonal math, uh, which is, makes it kind of this technical oddity in that I can't think of any other like game of this presentation that used that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm also also not sure, and it kind of comes across in how it looks too. It is a very odd looking yeah. game. Everything is made up of uh, everything is very busy, mm-hmm. like animates well, but is just full of you know it looks very pixelated. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a very odd looking, odd looking game. And it's to its detriment, so, um, you know, like the, like the the low resolution um, part of it is to its detriment because you're going to be doing some pixel hunting, and uh, a lot of the times where yeah. I was held up, it's because I didn't see this smudge over here. <laughs> that, yeah, uh, yeah, yep, yep. yeah. You end up doing the the maniac mansion thing where you're just putting the cursor and just seeing if something highlights, like it will spin if it's something you can do, and you're just kind of searching for that. Yeah. So, and that's not fun. And also, this game is not to be confused with the 1985 Spectrum action game uh, of the same name, which is based on the soundtrack, Gary, of Blade Runner, the Vangelis uh, soundtrack, not the, not the movie. They couldn't get is the that, rights to the movie. Is that true? I've not heard of that. Yep, that is actually a Before. true thing. <laughs> they, they couldn't get the rights to the movie, um, but there was some kind of weird loophole where, like, all over the all over the packaging and even in the game itself, they, had, uh, they said this is um, inspired by the motion picture soundtrack. Um, and I think that maybe they licensed huh. the soundtrack itself. They couldn't get the soundtrack for, for, for this one either. Like, I guess Vangelis is, uh, is pretty, uh, like stingy with, with what he licenses out. But, uh, somehow I got over there and this crazy, like, 1985 Spectrum and Commodore 64 game had, uh, like just this weird tinny version of the Vangelis soundtrack over this. Oh, what, what, great. What, yeah. Like, which by, by all appearances <laughs> is a terrible game. <laughs> Well, I mean, with with that kind of uh, with that pedigree, <laughs> yeah. I, if I were going to make a good game based on the soundtrack, it'd have to be about Vangelis making the soundtrack. Yep, like a, a Sim Vangelis. Sim, Vangelis. um, it's him waking up, <laughs> coffee, <laughs> sitting down, programming his Korg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't actually know that he's German. He's, I just he's, uh, assume he's Greek. So. He has a, he's like a crazy. Oh, okay. Is he like Greek? Is all fuck name? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's uh, the beginning. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the plot? Just a little bit, though, Cole. <laughs> Just a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Sorry, I can go on. I, I've, I've said it before. I'm on record, Gary, um, as saying that <laughs> Blade Runner is, like, if I'm pressed, like, if somebody, like, catches me off guard for what my favorite movie is, I'll say Blade Runner if I don't have the wherewithal to come up with, like, Synecdoche, New York or Mulholland Drive. Let's talk about more of my favorite things. But no, it's it's hard not to like like gush over this this world and this universe. But um, our our usual adventure game policy does apply um, because we're going to be talking about the plot and because it's kind of this nonlinear thing that reveals itself uh, throughout the episode. I'm not going to give you you know the the entire the entire cat. We're going to milk it right. Um, but uh, I'm going to we're going to provide you with, with at least enough context to get the ball rolling right. And uh, just watch the movie if you want this. But this is the crash mm-hmm. course in uh, in Blade Runner. Gary, go. Okay. It's the year 2019, and Earth is a hellhole. 
Uh, nuclear wars have made it so the Earth government is pushing humanity into these off-world colonies so the species doesn't die out. And man, like I, I've had several weeks recently where I've thought that the off-world colonies sound like the best thing <laughs> that ever was. Like, like I watch the movie and I'm like, man, start a new life in the off-world colonies. Sign me up. Out in space um, with my best friend, my robot best friend, best friend, best friend. <laughs> Yeah, just a standard pleasure model and yeah. me up there just hanging out. <laughs> just, just up um, there fucking looking at the stars, watching sea ships glitter yeah. off the shoulder of Orion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, rediscovering our humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah, figuring out which memories are real, which ones aren't. Just playing memory. Yeah. <laughs> actually, there wasn't a two under that card. It was actually Tyrell's nieces yeah. you know, that had seen that too. And, um, yeah. Uh, so Los Angeles is overcrowded and dismal and dirty and surrounded by this nuclear bubble. And uh, almost all natural wildlife is extinct and all cuisine is synthetic. Um, real pets are kind of an extravagant luxury in this yeah. world. For only the richest so. kings of what remains of Europe. <laughs> yep. Animals are the only currency that matters. <laughs> so Dog wars. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there's this company called the Tyrell Corporation, uh, headed up by a real weirdo, Eldon Tyrell, um, who has developed this line of hyper-realistic androids called Replicants. Not Reploids. That's the first episode of this show. <laughs> Please keep up. <laughs> um, the Replicants are used uh, for menial labor on the colonies and also for pleasure. Uh, but after several slave revolts up on the colonies, they're banned from setting foot on Earth. So these police forces um, crop up uh, with uh, Blade Runners, who are these bounty hunters whose job is to track down replica- replicants and, uh, quote unquote, retire them. It, it's always it's always, you, you know, a dildo, not your retirement. Um, mm-hmm. Even if a Blade Runner uh, doesn't get them, a replicant is programmed to expire, quote unquote, um, uh, uh, four years after its incept date. Which uh, which spurs mm-hmm. a lot of them into <laughs> maybe maybe they wouldn't revolt yeah, if they didn't rages. kill them. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like self-preservation is like a really powerful instinct, even if you program them that way. Yeah, they want more life. Yeah. Fuckers. They want more time. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch of Justin Timberlakes up there running around with their with their time wrists. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that might secretly be a good movie, Gary. I You know, I, I believe it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, it has a good concept. Yeah. But we talked about that before. I'm and, worried that it'll make me depressed because it is too in line with my actual beliefs. So Right. Yeah. So, you know, four yeah. years, pretty sucky for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and this is uh, kind of complicated because there's a new development of the Nexus 6 line. And these are super strong, super smart, more realistic, and have memory implants that make them think they're human. Um, this is because Tyrell, Tyrell is the cruelest person. Yeah. He's, he's the villain of this movie. Um, and of this game. So an incredibly cruel twist of fate. He never These stopped think to think they're human. He never stopped to think if they should. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just awful. Yeah, like, yeah. like there, there's no possible reason to do it except for like just like the, you know, uh, the Frankensteinian, you know, scientific ideal well, of like we just have to prove we can. I think the idea was supposed to be to make them less likely to rebel if they have, you know, memories like they oh, won't yeah. go insane. Um, you know, but it's, it's still just, it's extra cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, well, it's when it's like, okay. Or, you know, and possibly, okay. So I, I can, I can see why as well, because the Nexus, the Nexus six was invented after the ban was put in place. So by making them mm-hmm. more convincing, it's, it's, he's better able to get them back onto earth, um, to right, provide, right, which is know, secretly what he wants. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is, it's more explicit yeah. in this game than, uh, than in the movie. 
um, mm-hmm. about about like you know what his actual machinations are. Um, the movie uh, paints Tyrell as you know again more of just a, like a moral midget like Frankenstein, but yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just just prior to the events of the game, a group of replicants has hijacked a moon bus and uh, come <laughs> to the alley area with unknown motives. Every time they say moon bus, like <laughs> it sounds like a band or like a like a hippie club or something like that. Like every time it sounds like something super hippie to me. It, it's, it sounds like, OK, so somewhere <laughs> there is a there is a simulation of our universe that is caught in a loop and it's just the moon bus pulling into Burning Man. <laughs> and so, I, I guarantee that a moon bus has pulled into burning man <laughs> like something something dubbed the moon bus has pulled into burning man before in our lifetime in this universe oh man like i said i just want a person named moon bus if down, your name is moon bus right down, in down 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 Hey, we're at Burning Man. Now, 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 now. Are you doing it a God of Vita? Sort of. Okay. Oh, it's it's the stock music cover version of an Agata Vita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the cakewalk. It's the version that came with cakewalk to help me learn it. Um. <laughs> My Iron Butterfly. <laughs> yep so that's the plot mm-hmm. um you know they're just there are lots of replicants and they're all trying to find their way back to earth because uh they, they, yeah. they want to have sex with our women the, this <laughs> well earth girls are easy the um the this is a if you, can you imagine playing this if you weren't familiar and into the movie I'm like trying to all of that stuff kind of about like the, the the world setting up is really kind of required knowledge for this to make sense you know it it's almost like this game should be a DVD extra for, for Blade Runner. <laughs> like a choose your like own adventure that yeah. you get to by navigating to a, like you, you, you make a Deckard's pistol glow on the, on the, uh, like the commentary menu and you get to this whole yeah. game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cause it is, it is very, it is so connected and so not standalone. Yeah. That's the thing. It is a very weird companion piece of art. If we didn't, okay, so if we didn't just explain the mechanics, the basic mechanics of the Blade Runner universe, I would say if a listener out there was not familiar with this and if they could just go play this game through the means that are available to play this game um, on the Ultimate Director's Cut of the, of the Blu-ray, I guess, um, <laughs> like, does this make sense to you? Because I'm so close to it that I can't see if they're signposting it. I can't see if they're, like, providing context that would make some of this, any of this make sense. Me either. Like McCoy will, Me. you know, like do do little exposition dump kind of things. Like he explains as you walk up that, you know, killing a real animal is almost as bad as killing a human. Life is rare, blah, blah, blah. Like there, like there, there are no, there, there are times where he just does exposition to, you know, to give you context. But like a bunch of that is stuff that, you know, it's details that the movie didn't provide. Like, oh, when Deckard is eating that, you know, that, 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 uh, uh, Chinese, you know, Japanese food in the rain, it's not like actual sushi, it's new sushi because all sea life is irradiated. Like, that is mm-hmm. a cool little piece of the world that you just don't get, but that the game was kind enough to provide. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's unusual in the detail, the significant details that it chooses to provide. And I don't know that it quite makes a whole picture. I think it does with the movie. It makes a, a more whole picture. Right. But as a compliment. You know, little, little, yeah, as a compliment. Like, it, it is the, the vanishing twin on the side of Blade Runner, the movie. I don't like get that reference. Or like vanishing twin syndrome where you have the the tiny little version of yourself growing <laughs> okay. on your side when you're 
when you're in the womb. When they when they cut when they your cut body open the, absorbs it. They could open the tumor and it has like teeth and a personality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Doctor Venture's brother. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the, the what's his uh, what's his name? Not Thaddeus. The other Venture. I forget. The little Venture. Yeah, yeah. J. Jonah Junior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, then. <laughs> <laughs> that gets us set up. You know, we're talking about the animal murder, and that is the beginning of Act One. Mm-hmm. Yep, this game takes place in acts that uh, get increasingly like shorter as you go. Yeah. So when I first saw this, like five acts, these are gonna be huge, and they actually go really quick. Yeah. Um, it's a super short game. Yeah, I played it over um, the first like two nights, like two play sessions. Yeah, yeah, it just it, it's really breezy, and that that lends itself to its kind of randomization mechanics. Like it's meant to be replayed. It's like way of the samurai. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so the, uh, you, you start off the very the setup, there's an animal murder. An animal dealer uh, named Runster has been held up by some replicants who crash into his shop, and they murder his animals. And uh, you are there to investigate. Yeah. So this is oh. your kind of introduction to the, to, to the mechanics as you're, you know, outside of here. Uh, you know, you tell the, tell the beat cops to, uh, to integrate, you know, to talk to the crowd, see if anybody noticed anything, and you walk in and uh, go through your, uh, your conversations uh, with Runster. Um, it's notable that uh, <laughs> you can change your disposition in the menu. Um, I just went mm-hmm. and did user, you know, user's choice as opposed to like, oh, I want to be, you know, like aggressive. Because if you if you don't do the one that is like, let me choose my path of conversation, um, it very much is just, um, you know, prescribed what you get. Mm-hmm. Whereas clicking on somebody with 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 the mode that I chose on, um, it gives you uh, something approaching like a, like a topics list, right? Like a, like a Gabriel Knight. Yeah, a little, a little bit like that, and a little bit like because um, there's a, a a whole lot of uh, similar to the Voight-Kampf minigame, there is a lot of applying the correct amount of pressure mm-hmm. to people, um, asking people about the wrong things or being too aggressive will scare them off. And some people, you know, you have a limited amount of time, so if you're beating around the bush and kind of uh, pussyfooting, then they will get impatient and you'll lose the opportunity to talk to them, and oftentimes you'll lose it kind of forever. Right. Um, I, there was like a, there were a couple, you know, my uh, instinct is to do every you know exhaust every conversation option and that doesn't happen in this game right oftentimes you'll get a choice of choosing but you know you get to ask two of these three questions and then the the conversation's over so you really have to kind of make informed choices as to what you know you're most interested in and what you think will help the most um and having that uh setting up the the total control for being able to to choose what you say is essential for that because otherwise you're just gonna you know shoot your mouth off and be a huge dickhead which doesn't fit with your you know your real goofy uh your goofy curly haircut and your your goofy goofy voice and the goofy way when you walk downstairs did you notice that cole <laughs> little thing. Like, he's, he's really ginger about it yeah well he he kind of like he his elbows go up and he looks like he's getting ready for a date <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's like and i wanted to find just a video of just him going downstairs and i couldn't find it um but it's really funny Every time he does it, it could be dead serious. Then he starts going downstairs like, um, it clashes with the tone. (laughs) Just a little. Did you like, I like how it controls with the, um, you know, hammer on the click button to go somewhere faster. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no, uh, there's no, you know, separate, uh, there's no, uh, verb set. Um, and there's no, you know, different icons. It's all contextual. It's all just one, one pointer and you can control the entire thing with the mouse. So you never have to touch the keyboard. 
or, or do anything. It just it, it's contextual, and then if you want to go somewhere faster, you just double click. I love it when a game plays into people's instincts. Like if I'm sitting down, like am I am I uh, better angels don't prevail, and I want something to go faster, and it's hanging up, I will click 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 click. Right, mm-hmm. and so this just makes that happen. Like it plays into people's. Um, <laughs> you know instincts right kind of like the Wii was a little bit you know uh let's not say cynical but uh played right into people's hands by saying hey you know you know every dad who ever played a racing game and like tilted the controller to like go like let's make it like mm-hmm. that like let just like just you know look at the way people interact with your games and then make something happen that way mm-hmm. right? yeah yeah yep, yep. and i always i always appreciate a game that can be in controlled entirely with the mouse yeah you know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen that often, but I think for adventure games, it's really handy. Every time I have to, uh, you know, take my hand off of the, uh, well, I guess off of my lap, take my left hand off <laughs> or something, um, you know, take it off off of my uh, gamer fuel, my, my, you know, extreme snacks or what have you, and uh, and and hit the keyboard. You know, it's time I could be snacking, so <laughs> I could be, no be gamer nice. grub. Do, do you know what was notable uh, recently that did that? Mm. Uh, I, I forget that? if I commented on that. Master of Orion 2. For as yeah. complex as that game was, it didn't require any keyboard at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is why it makes such a good iOS. Like, the iOS clone <laughs> is so good. Oh, man. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, I will have played that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I hope so as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, so by talking to Runsitter, you can totally, you know, lose out forever on getting the, the, the holodisc from him. But uh, the main lead here is that uh, he, about a month ago, hired a, a young girl. Um, he, he calls her attractive, um, and it comes out later that she's 14, uh, which makes him a real creep, although not as much of a creep as Ray is in my ending. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so is it like, honestly, like, is it creepier to just hire an attractive 14 year old girl or to go off to live and marry with a girl that you know to be less than four? Well, she's not so. really a person. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Like, I have some appliances around me that are less than four, and I still use them, so. Yeah. For fucking? <laughs> yep. Okay. That's what, thanks for reading between the lines. <laughs> Take that, toaster oven. <laughs> uh. That'll teach you to burn my bagels and also my scrotum. <laughs> 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 but um uh he, he you know Runsitter fully believes that Lucy was uh was well, you know was was involved in this. So um mm-hmm. that that kind of is your is your first lead uh and you're you, you know it's it's heavily implied that she's a replicant, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're not going to talk necessarily about all the individual clues you pick up because no. that's one of the most heavily randomized <laughs> parts of the game and you know so for me like i didn't get so much from inside but there was a lot of business with um a railing that had been crashed into Mm -hmm. i got a lot of evidence about that about the car of the person who was driving um and a lot of stuff with uh footsteps like who the who the two people were Mm -hmm. and that was kind of the big thing i took away is it was two people who came in one of which was was bigger than the other one Yeah, yeah and uh yeah, the other one was kind of spelled. So you know you're looking for at least two people right. and Lucy wherever she's at. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite lines was when I was investigating that stuff outside. I think I got a lot of those same clues. Um, <laughs> you pick up the you pick up the piece of chrome. You say, "Huh, it's a piece of chrome." And the B cop says, "Hey, you think that's from a car?" And then McCoy says, <laughs> "No, I think it might be horse chrome." <laughs> 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 which makes sense on like one and a half levels because haha horse chrome is sarcastic ass but uh this is a universe where robot horses could entirely exist 
Yeah, it could be horse chrome. <laughs> it literally yeah. could be horse chrome. McCoy, you dick. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like maybe, maybe that's what the guy was saying. Yeah. Like, uh, do you think it was part of the animals they killed at this animal murder site? Yeah. 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 Uh, Runsitter's mm. kind of a real dick, though. Um, yeah. Yeah, not just because of the Lucy thing, but mm-hmm. he's, you know, evasive and, and weaselly. And, you, you know, something's up. Seems like with this guy. Anybody who's a dealer, whether it's used car, animal, or drug, like I just like if, if somebody if somebody like self describes as a dealer, I immediately put up the warning flags. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Bad news. But uh um so we're like where did you go next? Did you go back to the police station? Uh not just yet. I went to the um to the, the Chinese food. Yeah, Chinatown. Place to the restaurant. Pulled straight from yeah, the movie. China, and, yep, exactly. Yeah, it looks just like it, just like the uh, Nighthawks angle and everything. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, here you're going to find there is a, a chef for, for this thing who looks suspicious to you and will not answer all your questions. Yeah. Um, can you, do you have to do anything else before you go back into the, the back of the restaurant? No, I think you can just walk back there. I think there. You yeah, and just kind of talk to him. And, you know, he uh, he's suspicious. He's a big guy. And that's really the only thing you're going based on now is you know that one of the people who killed the animals is a huge dude. Yeah. And this is a huge dude. Um, huge so dude you, who has also been there for less than a month, according to the uh, the proprietor. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. So he's new new to the planet, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you can void comp him. And uh, if you do, he tosses a big, uh, <laughs> a big pot of boiling, just kind of goo, goo food yeah. at you. New sushi. New goo. Yep, goo sushi. Here's new goo sushi. Yeah, new goo sushi um, at you. And uh, I guess you can dodge out of the way of this yep. and shoot him there, which I, I did not do. You just have to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that takes a – because there's like a gun pulling out animation when you decide to shoot. Yep. And uh, and I, I – you know, the, the kind of uh, reflex-based things in this game, most of which I failed mm-hmm. a lot of times before I succeeded. Yep. Um, so there's a real quick save kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you go and you chase this guy through the alley, um, and there's kind of a nice little thing. You can keep chasing him, and eventually you'll run into him, and you can uh, terminate him, which I didn't do. I stopped and talked to a, a homeless guy who he ran past, and that actually has repercussions later, which is really cool. Um, and I got a license plate out of the garbage can there, which is this guy tossing the license plate because he came from the scene of the crime where that had uh, smashed off their car. Oh, so he got that off so, the ground car. Oh. Yep. Yep, yep. So yeah, I, I retired him, um, and it's kind of sad because he, you know, you go through his possessions and you find a a picture of him, and uh, it's him in full like combat armor. Uh, he was a replicant, um, and he served on the side of humanity in one of those wars at Gemini. Uh, so mm. like you know, he just comes out and says like I just retired a war hero, and then he makes uh, probably one of the most direct comparisons talking about uh i think like the buffalo soldiers or, or something like that some kind of some some some, some uh, regiment of uh black uh soldiers in world war ii who fought even though they couldn't like drink at the same drinking fountains and stuff mm. like really direct and on the nose for kind of like you know, something that is otherwise a little bit circumspect in how it talks about or draws analogs you know maps mm. things directly but uh you know i felt bad for killing the guy because uh you know Blade Runners yeah. are not supposed yeah. to uh, express empathy, but I just did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which which is kind of you know that's the point. Yeah, that's what happens in the movie too. Um, 
it's interesting that uh, so one thing um, I love, and this is carried through through the movie, is that uh, replicants love photos. Mm-hmm. Um, replicants always have photos around them, and they they love having evidence of of their past um, because they you know know it's so fleeting. And then the other thing is if you know that is a much more satisfying end to this guy. Because if you don't kill him here, he just attacks you on the roof of your apartment building. <laughs> this comes running at you with a knife, and uh, you just have to shoot him there. Oh, so he dies any anyway? Yeah, he dies anyway. Um, I think you can actually run away from him there, and then he he might survive later into the game. But he does attack you Yeah, um, on the roof of your apartment. But yeah. it is kind of a nice – like it, it is more thematically appropriate to retire him there and find out about his backstory. But mm-hmm. the idea of like if you don't tie up this loose end, it will come back to haunt you. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. So. And, you know, it, it, it plays out thematically because it does plant that seed of doubt. Like, if you were coming to this as some kind of Blade Runner version, it'd be like, all right, so not all of them are murderous human haters. Like, this guy fought on the side of, you know, humanity. And it's right. so, something something that all everybody is told about replicants is that they cannot express empathy. Right. And here right. is at least an example of one not being a complete monster, which calls your entire profession into question, which, again, is entirely right. the point. But like this is an important story beat if you do retire him here and get that moment. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, you get this, uh, you, you know, you get this guy. I forget, like, how this leads into other things. He just happens to be one of the Moonbus guys. Um, so one down, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. And and you want to go, so you go back to the police station at some point. Um, you know, you have you have this holodisc that you got from Runciter that is from the security camera. Um, and you want to use that to kind of get a better picture of the people, right? Yeah. Um, and you go to the police station and there's kind of different floors that have different things. There's a target practice area that never loaded for me. <laughs> me too. Like, did you ever? No. Man, to do that, no. Like, I walk through it and you have to go through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and nothing ever happens there, but... Um, you know, it might be you have to come back in a different chapter. Yeah. Uh, so, mm. so there's a there's a fun piece of trivia about the shooting range as you go through. When you finish it, you find so Crystal Steel. Her uh, God, that's such a goofy name. Uh, her, her score is always <laughs> the highest, and Deckard just has the lowest score. <laughs> like they mm-hmm. make a point of it. Yeah, this is the, the you know this is Deckard's precinct, right? But uh, they like they make a joke that Deckard always has the lowest score because he spends the least amount of time there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Crystal Steel is this, uh, you know, badass lady Blade Runner <laughs> who kind of functions as the antagonist, like the real antagonist in the game, in a lot of the uh, a lot of the pathways you can take. Um, and she always kind of shows up a couple seconds after, after you, you know, after some business, right. you know, kind of saves your bacon a few times. Yeah. But at this point, you haven't met her. Um, another floor here. This reminds me of the uh, of like the Parasite Eve police station, and just that the it's it's uh, very you know, well, I guess every station would be segregated like this. But there's like the research floor. There's the so and so. There's a guy who mm-hmm. uh, who will do like forensics on the stuff that you bring in, so you can drop off the pieces of the car, and he tells you the make and model um, a little bit later. Says, yeah, it's a ground car. It's not a spinner, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the the police evidence computer, which you just kind of mind meld with yours. To get evidence, and you kind of find out about this parallel crime that's going on—that's a, a bombing, or like a, a protest, you know, by this group of people who are pro-replicant rights. Um, and it kind of functions as a little bit of a tutorial. They have one of the uh, the members of that in the jail in the basement, and if you want, you can go do a practice void conf test on him. Um, you do get a little bit of evidence from from talking to him, but it's mostly a no pressure kind of situation to see how that system works. Did you uh, go down and VK that guy? Yeah. I did, and uh, it, it it 
it seemed like a dead end, but when the stuff that he was telling me ended up being relevant to my case, I was very glad that I took the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary. I feel like it's optional Yeah, at this point. And I remember I, I just did it for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't do it for, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to, to get anything from him at the time. Yeah. Um, but the big thing here is you get to use the uh, the Esper machine. Right, which is uh, that machine that in the movie Harrison Ford says, you know, A6 to B15, zoom in. Can I get a hard yeah. copy of that? <laughs> Can I get a print out of or Oyster Smiling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but the, the main mechanic here is examining these photographs uh, that are taken from security cameras and some actual cameras. Just any, any picture that you get, um, you're looking at it and trying to, uh, you know, trying to hunt out the, uh, the, the, the points of interest in it by dragging these uh, bounding boxes and zooming in. And we were alluding to the crazy sci-fi magic of this, but it can also change the viewing angle and uh, zoom in. Uh, further. So like, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the photo of Runsitter's place, you see somebody standing behind a cage and if you, uh, uh, bounding box, the correct part of it, it zooms around the cage and it shows you, uh, kind of the, the, the Roy Batty of this group, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Indeed. And it's, it's a pretty neat system. Like I always, I, I was always happy to do the, uh, to, you know, whenever I got another, uh, picture to Esper. Uh, which was, mm-hmm. which was nice, um, just because, uh, at the very least, that point is upfront about pixel hunting. So it's kind of like, all right, I'm just going to like <laughs> drag stuff and see what I can zoom in on. And, uh, it rewards you with like closer, closer views of, uh, of different things. And like this world is inter- interesting enough that even looking at street trash is, you know, kind of revealing, right? Yeah. And they, they don't overuse it. Nope. Like there's maybe four of these or three of these you're going to do in the whole game. Yeah. And uh, and just as a fan of the movie, it's fun to use a, a piece of equipment that simulates something so directly from the the film. Mm-hmm. So um, eventually, so you you kind of got the evidence that that you need at this point. Um, you go home. You can kind of spend time at home, even though there's not much to do here. Um, you have your own Esper machine at home just for convenience, and you have your dog Maggie, <laughs> um, who is you know is apparently is a real dog, um, or so you say, who you only feed treats to, mm-hmm. like never gets like a bowl of food <laughs> that you <laughs> yeah. just throw a treat to. Every single time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and go to sleep and get woken up the next day by a new, uh, new development. Somebody who dumb blew up. <laughs> yep. Yep. And the, there's little cutscenes that show these crimes from the perspective of the replicants, uh, more or less. So you're investigating them, but you actually get to see them happen as well. Um, this is, there's a guy who works for Tyrell, um, who it, you know, the effect of gravity on, uh, on replicants. So he has this cool zero G gravity less room. And a nice little touch, like he's a big fat dude because he, you know, doesn't have to stand up. Right. Um, he orders Jamaican food. And the Jamaican guy who you saw, um, who was at Runsitters, shows up and blows him up and uh, shoots out the security camera. Yeah. Uh, he shoots out the security camera first. Him blowing, uh, him blowing Eisendaler up isn't shown. It's implied once you get, well, after you get there later. Oh, yeah. When it, yeah, the, yeah. The, just the, you know, spray. <laughs> Eisendollar spray. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's like in this crazy Dyson yep. sphere kind of thing. Oh man. Yeah. It's yep, it's yep. it's really cool. And there's you know it, it's it's neat to get a look inside of Tyrell because everything you see from the movies is either the you know Tyrell's office itself with his crazy windows, um, <laughs> or these you know subcontractors he uses like Chu or uh, JF. 
um, Sebastian. But uh, like actually getting in here and seeing the facilities is uh, is a neat little peek behind the curtain. Also, you see a mm-hmm. pamphlet for the Lo- the Lolita models of of replays for the trade show. Yeah, that's on the that's on the floor yep. in uh in his uh, in Eisendoller's office, which is real creepy. Who's the real animal? <laughs> Who's the real animal? It was man. It was man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, you see, okay, so if they blew Eisendaller up, what what is that tarp covering? <laughs> did, did they just squeegee? Did they squeegee him into a pile? Yeah, there's just a sad janitor that comes out with a push broom. <laughs> it's <laughs> a living. <laughs> it's like those like the, like those old Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons where there's like the parade and the guy with the broom behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah or just somebody sweeping up a spotlight, just yeah. sweeping up, yeah. just Eisendaller slime, <laughs> and just uh, under under a tarp, mm-hmm. just so you don't doesn't offend your sensitive uh, delicates. <laughs> exactly um, for, for the ladies out there. Yeah, ah. <laughs> but um, and just to show that these uh, that these replicants might be complete monsters, they, they, they can't do anything without killing a puppy. They can't finish unless they kill a puppy. <laughs> so. They, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they shot like five five of Eisendaller's Pomeranians. Yeah. Which I don't know why I'm yeah. laughing at that. I, well, it's a pretty annoying breed. It is. Like, I, yeah. I really don't like Pomeranians. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, that's right. My, 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 my buddy's always, you know, renting him shoes. It's taking my turn. Yeah. There we go. Requisite, <laughs> requisite. There we go. Yeah, but um, you're you're in there, um, and uh, just looking at looking at this stuff. Uh, I forget. Is there somebody else in the chamber with you? Or is it really um, just good? No, yeah, there, there's a, a police uh, photographer, I think. Yeah. Who's there as well, who is surprisingly, like, not relevant. <laughs> right. Like, not useful. A lot of times other policemen, you know, or other Blade Runners would show up and not help me out at all. Like, the Blade Runners are actually competing with you, mm-hmm. and the beat cops just aren't very useful. Um, so, really, it's up to you to kind of find the evidence, which is, um, you know, one of the dogs, uh, you look at its collar. Um, I think you actually do that through the uh, the Esper. But um, find out its name, which is a password. Um, there's a takeout box, which is probably the strongest lead yeah. here. And then a dragonfly earring, mm-hmm. um, which you know to be from Animoid Row. Um, as you learn about locations, they'll appear on your map. So you can you can go check them out. Yeah. And eventually you have a good, like, you know, eight or nine different places you can go to. It's like it's not a very big game, but, um, you know, there is a nice variety in the areas you're going to be. Yeah. This just made oh. me hungry for Jamaican food. <laughs> Yeah, I wish there was Jamaican takeout. Yeah, like I, I want to go right? to a place, and I, that's what, one of my favorite like sci-fi tropes is the idea that like we're going to get better about having diverse food. Yeah. You know, like eventually we're going to, you know, there will just be fast food places that have Jamaican food. <laughs> you know, be great. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> Some jerk chicken anytime. Yeah, no, I'll I will take a, a city surrounded by radioactive kipple um, if I can just get some good jerk chicken. <laughs> man, all I want is some jerk chicken. <laughs> Oh, com- mm-hmm. life is about compromise, Gary. <laughs> but um, this points you to Animoid Row. Um, by by investigating, uh, do you, do you find the dragonfly earring, or do you get that from a, or do you get that from a uh, Esper photo? I forget. Um, I think you actually find it at some point because I think you can show it to people. Yeah, yeah. So I think you actually get the get the earring itself, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. Uh, but Animoid Row is kind of like a marketplace. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty diverse area, um, and some interesting things here. Notably, uh, this is where you have your ammunition guy, uh, Bullet Bill or yeah, Bullet Bob. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yep, yep. Who is somebody who can be a replicant, and you can uh, VK him if you want, uh-huh. um, which I did. Um, and he is not a replicant in my game, but he can be. Okay. Yeah, no, really, so, I just talked to him, and he gave me free upgrade ammo, and then I never upgraded again because you fire your gun so little that I never ran out. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird mechanic that does not need to be in this game. <laughs> like, no. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy. He does play into kind of the macro plot with, uh, with corruption on the force that we'll, we'll get into a little yeah. bit later with, uh, Bryant. But, uh, here he just kind of seems like a, like a curiosity. And he has a cool, like, turrets when you go in that's similar to Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> like, uh, there's that gun shop in Final Fantasy VII that has the turrets yeah. as soon as you go in. Oh, it's where you get, uh, Tifa's, you. uh, final. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, other things of note here. So there's a there's this big old stand that has a big green dragonfly uh, with a, I believe she's like a Portuguese uh, woman who is uh, talking to you, and you say like, hey, check this out. You can notably buy a uh, uh, you can buy a collar for Maggie uh, for your dog mm-hmm. uh, from her. Yeah. Uh, so another system that does need to be here, money. Like I think that might yeah. be the only <laughs> thing you can spend money on aside from ammo at bullet bills. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, it's weird. It does not need to be there. Yeah, but uh, she says this. You know that this would have been a very expensive, uh, you know, thing that was part of a set. She's going to go do some legwork for you, but uh, you know, kind of leaves you to go to the to the other market stalls uh, back mm-hmm. there. Notably, uh, the, the the lady from Kingston Kitchen does not recognize uh, the photograph of your uh, of of the alleged Rasta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and kind of the uh, the other bit that you know you know there's a jewelry shop there as well, so. She's going to look into the dragonfly, but it is jewelry, so it makes sense to check into the jewelry shop. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this guy, Izo, who is acting real shady. And, uh, you know, you're talking to him, and uh, eventually he doesn't like what, you know, he kind of warns you off. He does the, you know, you're barking up the wrong tree, mm-hmm. you know, standard uh, genre thing. And eventually blinds you with a camera flash and runs away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Why do they always yeah, run, this is a, Yeah, this is, you did something different here than I did. Um, which is interesting. I didn't realize this was something. So you went and chased him into the sewers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I found the sewer entrance at this point. Like, I know that it's there now, but at the time I didn't find it. And um, after a certain amount of time, Izo will come attack you. Oh, really? So, so uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> in, in every time there's an encounter with one of these people, Cole does it the cool thematic appropriate way. <laughs> and I fuck around until the, the guy attacks me randomly. Because <laughs> um, this, this guy tried to stab me as I was getting into my car to leave because I was like, I couldn't <laughs> find the thing. That's really funny. Um, I just had to shoot him. <laughs> so, so the game has a nice like uh, mechanic to you know if you don't find the right clues, oh we'll just send the guy after you. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and and, so. and 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 it's great that it makes those concessions to make it work for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was and just and now that I know because you know you'll get very acquainted with the sewers in this game. Oh, yeah. um, but at this point, and I'd played this in nineteen you know nineteen ninety nine or whatever, but I just didn't remember. Mm-hmm. That, that sewer entrance was there and it's not signposted yeah you know so i just didn't uh didn't do the proper pixel hunting for it yeah so the so so like the entrance that he runs you know, so like when, when he goes into his stand he closes the gate and so i figured okay mm-hmm. there must be something in there you have to shoot the lock off and then you just climb down the you climb down the ladder um into it and you can see his little uh his little crime den with all of his uh with all of his uh weapons and that actually bears out so this is Ezo. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's his name in the, the, the protester guy, he alludes to like, they had to kick Izo out because he was violent and he was running guns. Yeah. Turns out, ding, 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 ding. He was running guns. 
Um, Indeed he was. Yeah. And you chase him through the sewers and get him back up uh, around by Bullet Bills. And uh, Crystal is there, uh, you know, as you smoke him out. And she takes uh, she takes Izo under arrest. So, mm-hmm. And that might be the first time you encounter her or the first time you can encounter her. Unless there's some crazy little eventuality that neither of us have explored that uh, can get her to show up outside of run sitters. <laughs> Well, she's um she's in uh, the Tyrell Corporation. Is she like when you're leaving? Yeah, oh, yeah I think she shows true. up then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like like as you're as you're going out through the lobby. Yeah, it, it, I think they're trying to make it her seem kind of sexy, um, and set up this kind of you know, I don't know, like sexual tension between the two. But she just you know is just real gruff and deep voiced and angry, yeah. <laughs> and like smokes constantly. Like she she does not seem. Uh, like a love interest for my my version of McCoy. She's like a Carrie on Carrie on Moss is the way that I write her character like from uh, like from the Matrix. Uh, what was her Trinity? Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. um what's her head from uh, Terminator 2? Oh yeah, Sarah Connor. That's what I thought she yeah, I thought she looked like Sarah Connor. Yeah. The the, the big mirrored shades and stuff. Mhm. Yeah. So I I wasn't too fond of Crystal although some of the endings have you running away with her. Um Yeah. Is she one of the people who can possibly be a replicant? Or no, no, I think that she's on the short list of people who cannot. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, the, the more that I think about it, like the, like the more we talk about that is such a cool system because so yeah. much of it is you can't trust your eyes. Right. Like that's that, yeah. that, that could pretty much be the entire theme for the movie. But it's a you know. it's a pretty cool and it's it's cool because there are a lot of people so similar to the the arms dealer or the uh, the weapon shop merchant where you can void comp him like the idea that you can void comp not everybody but many people mm-hmm. in the uh, in the game um, lends itself to that like what is that uh, uh it's like the 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 failing of the the game based on the thing you know which I never played but was widely kind of shit oh. upon because the idea was supposed to be anybody could be you know, it could be the thing, mm-hmm. but it wasn't consistent. Like you test somebody, they would be negative and then you'd walk past an arbitrary point and they would turn into a monster Yeah, and that didn't work. But here it actually, you know, maintains, like it's just said at the beginning of the game, you can test people for this thing and they might be somebody you can't trust or can mm-hmm. trust depending on, you know, the fact that they're, you know, they're not just bloodthirsty beast. Once the morality, the, the gray morality get, sets in, mm-hmm. you know, it has even kind of more shades to it. Yeah. So very neat. It is it is a really cool mechanic, and uh, if I if I had more time in my life, I would do at least another playthrough to see what changed. Although I have a sneaking suspicion that it would probably roll the same variables. So it'd be nice if you could, after the first playthrough, like uh, choose a different seed for the random number generator. Because mm-hmm. um, I would I would hate it if it was like, yeah, at least he's a replicant again. Blah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh but yeah so crystal uh crystal takes him in i forget if you can do anything with him in the uh in the in the uh basement but he's down there uh for good now <laughs> just yeah. take him to the basement yep yep and he's actually he's since i murdered him because he tried to stab me mm-hmm. now that i realize that there's not actually a broken flag in the end somebody told me i had retired a human and i was like oh i didn't retire a human but it was Izo because mm-hmm. i think human he must have been a human in my game you're and, always because uh, i think he can be wrong. you are always framed for Izo's death so whether or not he okay. dies, whether or not he dies um, by your hand um, or, you know, somebody else like or by, by, by Guza, really, uh, he is the he, he is the reason that you're on the run. OK, um, is, is, is gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah. OK, but I actually killed him. So, <laughs> so again, my, my my game made less thematic sense <laughs> than Cole's did. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> there we go. Um, and it's notable. Okay, I keep saying notable. I need to stop abusing that word. Uh, but right, right here, I kind of ran out of leads, and this kind of puts in another thing. So, like people coming back to stab you if you for, if you forget <laughs> to kill them. Um, um, as I you know hopped back into my uh, my spinner and said, yeah, I should probably head over to, D- to DNA Row because I'm out of leads. Mm-hmm. Like McCoy specifically says, I've got nowhere else to go. Let's head that way because they work on uh, they work on replicants over there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, which makes sense. And DNA row, um, exactly like in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love, I love Chew. I love that whole, that whole scene and mm-hmm. the way that comes across. And that voice, act- voice actor is great. Mm-hmm. You know, like checking out on him is really fun. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the weirdo with the eyes from the movie, if you recall. Yeah. I think he does have a name in the movie, but they barely mention it. Right. But he's got a little bit more to him here. And I just love the way that Tyrell is set up because you have this opulent central office and then you have these subcontractors who are just out in the slums, you know, doing yeah. their science, like actually building the stuff that the company is, you know, is uh, staking its future on. It's uh, it's it's pretty great. Um, yep. And by great, I mean yep. a depressing comment on sub like the like the subcontractor <laughs> crisis in modern America. But OK, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he talked to Chu, and he he's very much. I, I get the sense that he's just kind of fan service. He's he really just exists to point you across the street to the twins' place, over to mm-hmm. uh, to Dermo Labs. But uh, I'm I'm fine with some fan service, mm-hmm. right? Like just pop up. Here's somebody yeah. you recognize from the movie. We brought him back. Like this is a cohesive and complete world that you recognize. We're trading on your affection for this uh, for this great movie. Have at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it makes sense. Like he, he doesn't have to show up in the plot. Like it'd be since the chronology of when, whether this happens, it kind of happens at the same time Blade Runner does. Mm -hmm. So it would be weird if, uh, you know, he was plot significant enough to be killed, you know, or something like that. Like he needs to be out of danger and not arrestable or anything like that because Tyrell is still alive in this game. Um, you know, so it happens at least before the end of Blade Runner. Um, so, you know, he kind of has to be hands off. Yeah, but he points you across the street to, uh, you know, to Dermo Labs or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So how many times did you have to do this bomb scene, Gary? Oh, a lot. An <laughs> awful lot. <laughs> I think I counted at the very yeah. least 15. I, I stopped counting after after I hit my third little uh, uh, bank of hashes. Yeah. Yeah, I took a break. <laughs> I, I did it long enough to get like, to, to like you know that many times, and it was like I need to walk away from this like Dark Souls style. <laughs> need to come at this with with fresh hands and fresh fresh heart, and yeah. see if I can can get out of it. Uh, it's fucking obnoxious. Yeah, um, it looks like it's like, here in the notes. It looks like you lost progress. I saved right beforehand, and luckily did not. You know, but, I think modern games have spoiled me. Like I forget to save. Like my save hygiene like done fall off. It's like I've got this automatic mm-hmm. showering machine. And then I go back, you know, I hop at a time machine to uh, 15 years ago, and I don't got my automatic showering machine anymore, you know? Yeah. And you start stinking. <sighs> yeah, start stinking. Start stinking. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but like, I think, it, you know, like, it, it really just dropped me back to, like, right before the Ezo encounter, which wasn't that far before this. Like, well, you know, like any adventure game, once you know what to do, it doesn't matter yeah, just, so much. Yeah, just go do But, it. like, any, any stuff that you have to redo automatically feels like it's five times longer. So it was, yep. was soul-draining. <laughs> Well, and it's just, and we, we've talked about this in other adventure games we've done, like action in adventure games is a weird beast and really hard to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think one of the earliest examples that I think it, that we've talked about where it does it well is the, the scene with the dragon in Shadowgate. 
Like, I really like that intersection of actual kind of play as opposed to, you know, just kind of clue gathering and item building and stuff. Here, like, it just, it's too reflex-based and too persnickety. Like, the, the margin for error is just not wide enough. We, we should probably say what actually happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I meant for us to get <laughs> but, to that sooner. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you show up um, at this, uh, this skin design, Dermo Designs or what have you, um, where Miraji is, who is, who is a buddy of Chew's. And he is handcuffed to a, uh, a chair, and there's a bomb. And uh, you had to get out of there. You can shoot the handcuff and run, which is what you're supposed to do. And the two of you escape. But you have to get out of the range of this explosion and really out of the range of the explosion. Like several times I felt like I was far enough to survive in real life. You know, like oh, if I was staying there, I'd be okay from the explosion. Like I'd be warm, but I'd be okay. <laughs> um, but you had to get, you had to get really far away. Um, and it just, it's just really trial and error. You just had to keep, keep doing it over and over and over. I was never sure which direction to run. Like I was always running into the camera, which put me like just down the street from it as opposed to across the street. And so I like, I would try to like, okay, so I'll change the direction, but it wouldn't change the real distance that I was from it. According to the camera angle, it was just, it was like, like just finicky. And uh, yeah. every time I saw him slump over, I was just wishing for like some kind of like alt F four to quit out of the game so I could get back into it sooner. But, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, you just, you, like the, the pro tip for it is the, is lower right is where you want to go. Right. Um, you just have to be quick. And there's also part of it that is random because you, I think it is based on a real timer. And when you shoot the handcuff, you have like an accuracy stat. I don't uh-huh. know how it works in the game. Yeah. Like you don't always hit what you're clicking. Um, so like sometimes I'd put my, my cursor on the, the handcuff and, and attack, but sometimes it takes a couple tries. To, to hit the right spot exactly. So it's like mass. I don't know. Um, I, I guess kind of. I mean, there's not a stat like you can see. Like you can't find it. But you know, multiple guides have alluded to the fact that like the reason why you don't always hit something when you click on it is because you don't you don't make every shot that you, that you take. I mean, do you upgrade your ammo to fix that? <laughs> I think that the upgraded ammo does more damage because uh, you know eventually you will be fighting. <laughs> uh, spoiler. In this Blade Runner PC game, you will be fighting sewer mutants and giant rats. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that will happen later. But I think you do more damage to those things when you have the upgraded ammo. Right. But the accuracy is a thing. So sometimes I, I'd put my cursor on the exact same spot on the handcuff. And sometimes I'd click once and smash the handcuff and be able to escape right away. And sometimes it would take a few clicks. And those times I inevitably got blown up. Do you think so. that's something that if you ran the range more often, it would improve you? <laughs> like, I'm just looking for ways that, that this could possibly be surmountable without doing 25 reloads like I did. That would be neat if it was something, <laughs> even though it would be frustrating because that's the only time you really need to use it. Like, uh, and, and accuracy is actually that kind of that important. So, um, yeah. In, in my experience, like the timer didn't start until you shot it. So like I could wait around there forever and, you know, and like everything started when I shot it. It might change how much time you have once you leave oh, as well. Okay. I mean, it could be related to that. I don't know exactly what it is, but, and this could also be totally, you know, just my, my faulty memory or selective memory, but it felt like the times it took me more shots to kill. Like that's not my imagination that sometimes I would miss the chain. Um, but it felt like I was more likely to die yeah. on those ones. So. Yeah, yeah, real, real frustrating. So I wasn't able to save him, so I, I just barely managed to save myself. Um, but uh, Mirage yeah, died for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 
So it kind of was just a big dead end. But that get, that did get me closer to the uh, the twins apartment. Uh, the twins are these uh, the, the, these two people uh, who were disavowed by Tyrell um, for uh, mm-hmm. you know some reason or another, and uh, they have a real creepy apartment. Yeah, and uh, you go up yeah, there, you find uh, uh, an answering machine uh, machine message from uh, from Sebastian. A, yeah, uh, which is always, always nice nice to hear. Um, what's the what's the name of that actor? Yeah, so that's uh, that, that that's William Sanderson, um, who I should know because he was on New Heart. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yep, he was well, he was Larry. I know him mostly from from Deadwood. Okay. Like, did you ever watch Deadwood? Uh, no, that is perpetually on my list because my dad keeps telling me to watch it. Oh, cool! You have to watch that. I know. Right? I don't think I realized quite that you haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Like, make, make some time for it. Like, you'll you'll really like it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's phenomenal. <laughs> also, he was on uh, Tim and Eric, uh, which is. Like I, I kind of came across that after my after after I, my resurgence in interest in Blade Runner. Like so so my my Blade Runner timeline. I watched it when I was twelve years old because I heard there were boobs, and I was like, "Huh, this is actually a really good movie." And that got me into like noir and science fiction, or more so into science fiction. Um, and then um, like in the mid to, uh, the mid two uh, thousands, uh, I was like, "Oh, okay, here's here's Blade Runner." And then I saw him in Tim and Eric. I was like, "Okay, cool, yeah." Well, he's he's doing Hamb, which is one of the darkest <laughs> Tim and Eric sketches. Yep, it ever was. <laughs> you cooked lamb <laughs> on, our, like, on our budget. Um, yeah, so dark. But here his voice pop up. I was like, oh, that's a really convincing uh, impression. That was when I first did the little bit of research that said like everybody except for that diva Edward James Olmos. <laughs> <laughs> they got an Edward got James almost in there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I have to get some credit for doing Edward James almost for a stand-in for Edward James almost. <laughs> yeah, um, that's um, oh man, but yeah, um, so it's good to hear from him again uh, because I like his performance. Like he's uh, he comes across as simple, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. which he's supposed to. Yep. Um, <sighs> man. um so you find a, there's a little bit of, you find an envelope um, from Runciter means he had uh, some replicant animals which is mostly kind of window dressing yep. at this point but it does make the replicants themselves a little bit less uh gross and uh, yeah that message um so you know to you know at some point to go down and check out jeff sebastian and find out where he lives mm-hmm. um eventually i think chu just tells you where he lives yeah um and that's that's how you find that and uh, it looks right out of the movie including the little um walking soldier like they're my friends i'll make them you know, guys walking around, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. I love the designs of the little guys. Yeah. It provides more uh, context for them uh, because McCoy says they are these weird uh, biological mechanical hybrids, uh, which makes mm-hmm. them – I thought that they were just toy soldiers <laughs> when I first uh, – nope. like, like like up until I you know watched the movie or up until I played the game rather. Like I just thought, okay, these are just weird toys because he's, he's a tinker, right? Uh, but yeah, to know that they are abominations unto the Lord. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they have blood in them, Cole. <laughs> they, they, um, so. they do. Oh yeah, I suppose they do. Fuck. Yeah. You know, I, I think They're that every everything involved everything involving JF Sebastian's apartment. Like when I first saw the scene with Pris, well, you know, when she, you know, when when she was pretending to be a doll, and that, like, just everything became like that is the epicenter of a lot of my horrors. I think because that is just so mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I forgot the two yeah, soldiers well, had blood. 
And yeah, <laughs> it's also weird too. Like, what's he doing? Like, he's, like he makes those little toys, but then he's also just collecting overflowing back bathtubs and stuff. Yeah. Like, I just need to have this apartment full of just like <laughs> random garbage and, and mildew. Yeah. Well, it's a, <laughs> it's his apartment in one of the most famous buildings in L.A., which Ty- yeah. Tyrell has given to him. You know, just because. Yeah. 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 Here, here's this rotting husk. Like, I hope you enjoy black fungus. <laughs> black yes, it's, rain, it's raining indoors. Have fun. Yes, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> you degraded man-child. <laughs> um, I like JF. I like JF, too. It's real sad what happened to him. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, but you go here, and you can, uh, you can press him. Um, oh, wait, no, that, that, that's not till later. Sorry. But you show up here, and it is pretty much exactly what happens in the movie. <laughs> yep. Again, in fan service, right down to like climbing the like you bust out when Harrison Ford climbs that armoire, uh-huh. dig it out. If you were thinking, well, what if there were glass in the way? How did the glass get out of there? This, this movie has plot holes. Well, this this game answers the question. They're punched out by by McCoy. McCoy did it first. <laughs> yep. Yep. McCoy did it first. This is kind of one of the parts. Where, like this is. I like how close this is to the movie, but this felt gratuitous and dumb to me yeah like that you're doing the whole rooftop thing again like what a coincidence that two separate blade runners (laughs) chasing two separate groups of replicants are going to do the same exact motions in the roof like this like i like the fan service with the characters because it contributes to the world but Mm -hmm. when you're actually doing the exact same actions like it felt a little lazy to me yeah so yeah i agree um but uh my, my affection for the movie overrides so i am part of the problem gary well, it's not the movie. This is more criticizing the game. That's true. You know, the, no, no, the game so, designed to do the same thing as okay. the movie. By being part of the problem, I mean, my affection for the movie makes me a target for what made this the easiest choice oh, for the gotcha. game. So, like, gotcha. I, I, I noticed it and I thought, huh, that's kind of shitty. But I wasn't willing to step out on a limb and say this is shitty until you said it. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I, I would have... It's not a deal breaker or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just kind of lazy. Sons of bitches at Westwood. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, this uh, this kind of ends the chapter. Um, we get caught. Yeah, you do. By yep. uh, by Clovis, uh, you, you you end up finding out that this guy uh, with too much eyeliner, eyeliner uh, his name is Clovis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the, the theory of a dead man lead singer slash replicant. <laughs> you're going to be dealing with here with the unlikely name of Clovis. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which I only know because of the hillbilly cousin from Simpsons. Yep. Like the mayor's hillbilly cousin, Clovis, who only shows up in one line. That's the only time I've ever heard that name. So I just my, assume I. Yeah. So in my apartment building here, um, the, 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 the neighbor uh, that, that lives across from me, it's a, it's a four unit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the guy, the, 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 I share a floor with an older couple and the guy's name is Clovis. And the, the, oh. my neighbor's name is Clovis, and it is exactly what you would expect from somebody named Clovis. Yeah, is his spittoon budget through the roof? Uh, no, like not so did. much. Uh, the, the, both of them are racked with cancer, and it's real sad, and I help them carry their groceries. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I shovel their walk. Okay, so it's Gary. one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> What's <laughs> the, yeah. is, is his spittoon budget through the roof? No, actually, he's riddled with cancer, and I help carry the groceries. <laughs> It's that yeah. end of the binary. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, there we are. Don't you feel like a monster? But yeah, mm-hmm. it's a real weird name choice. But then having like this super eloquent, like Aryan Superman named Roy is kind of strange too. Yeah, Roy Batty. <laughs> yeah. 
So, I like. I mean, this, this was something where they differentiated him. Like Clovis and Roy seem like di- you know pretty different. Mm-hmm. Like they both want the same thing because they're replicants, but Roy is you know more unhinged and a little bit more um, homicidal. You know, is, is a little yeah homicidal and unhinged, whereas Clovis mm-hmm. is a little bit more articulate. Yeah, but, but both and, of them are like smart. way too articulate though. <laughs> That's true. Well, well yeah. Roy Batty goes back and forth between being super articulate and super unarticulate. Yeah. Like he's just, I think I always get what I got from him is, you know, having rewatched it, he's, he's a little bit more like kooky. Like he's kind of random mm-hmm. in his, uh, I think he's kind of going, you know, and, and they, they allude to this. Like he's kind of going crazy. Yeah. Like his, his lifespan's coming up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. So there are some things that we missed in act two. So in, and going back and looking at, uh, uh, the, like some, some walkthroughs of, uh, of the game, uh, it's possible to go to Tyrell, um, here. You have to, um, by chance, um, and if the random number generator uh, lets you um, go to the police, uh, go to Guzan or uh, uh, or his uh, his henchman and uh, arrange a meeting with Tyrell, uh, which is alluded mm-hmm. to by the uh, by the security guard there. Um, um, you know, so you have to have an appointment and you can go up and you can talk to uh, uh, Eldon and uh, Rachel is there, too. Um, <laughs> yep. Which I, I didn't get a chance to do. Um, Guzan was gone for yeah, me. Me, too. So, so I, I was kind of looking forward to uh, seeing uh, Rachel and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Eldon again, but uh, yeah, that, that that didn't happen. But that that is totally a thing that can happen here. I don't know how much of an impact that has, or if it is a you know uh, replicant on the roof type uh, fan service. But uh, you know, regardless, you you are going to see the 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 office uh, uh, later on. But that is something that mm-hmm. happens. And there's a recurring character who pops up, um, who shows up on DNA row again. Um, who is, uh, uh, it's the comedian Gordo. Yeah. Gordo. Yeah. Who's a real weirdo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't, I ran into him once at the, the diner or at the, uh, the sushi place. And then at, actually at the club, like he didn't show up here yeah. at all. Yeah. I in ran into area. him. I think every place he could pop up. So, um, <laughs> at, at the diner and then, uh, somewhere on Animoid Row and then here. And then, uh, you know, when he actually becomes plot relevant. Yeah. Yeah. He gets around. He does. So, uh, you know, at, the, at either rate, um, you're captured and, uh, you have this dream at this point, mm-hmm. um, where you are on Mars and, uh, Lucy is there and it is very, it's very unusual and kind of trippy and weird and less, you know, less impressionistic than the, uh, the Blade Runner dreams of just unicorns and stuff, <laughs> um, which those don't make any sense. But it does introduce this kind of weird dream logic that's happening in the game. Right. And so this can either be taken as a, uh, a dream or a clue as to whether or not you are a replicant. Um, right. Which, you know, if you um, subscribe to one interpretation of the movie, um, means that, you know, you're going to believe that you are a replicant or that you, at the very least you have a past with Lucy. Right. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, but you actually, you know, having been captured, you wake up in the, the Yukon Hotel uh, tied to a chair and you have to do this hilarious like little scoot jump <laughs> over to this radiator <laughs> it's really funny. Boogie. yeah <laughs> um you know in order to free yourself and then you can kind of look around for some clues here um mm-hmm. there's a arcade token for hysteria hall a really sweet looking arcade that you'll eventually <laughs> go to yeah. um a hot dog wrapper a cheese wheel which uh cheese being an animal product is not okay mm-hmm. and uh and when you're leaving, um, you after you leave, you find out you're in a hotel. Like you don't actually know where you're at. Right. Um, and there's a guy at the the hotel who's kind of given the um, the hotel clerk a hard time 
at this point. And if you want, you can, you know, it's up to you whether you want to kind of help them out or not, which I always did, like scare off the guy. I don't really remember too much about like having too many uh, interaction points at this. Really, what I just did was I saw, uh, you know, I saw this argument take place. And then afterwards, I just talked to the talked to the complaining tenant and uh, sympathized with him. And he walked away and we went about our separate lives. Yeah, I, I mean, my, my instincts are telling me there's more to it, but I don't remember. Like in uh, the interest of full disclosure, we weren't sure when you're going to record this. We already alluded to this being recorded in advance. So I played this quite a while ago. And uh, so my memory is a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But still, it's just world building. um, And it shows the relationship between uh, the the, the capital holders and the workers, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But uh, you can kind of poke around a little bit more. Uh, Most notable for fans of the movie is that uh, by uh, looking in one of these rooms, you can find a uh, a scale um, from a a synthetic animal and also a Mm -hmm. photograph of Detective Holden who is uh, one of the Blade Runners who was employed by Tyrell uh, to seek out bla- uh, to seek out replicants rather that were trying to infiltrate, and he's the guy who uh, who uh, Voight Kowalski at the very beginning of Blade Runner, the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, which at first I thought that was going to be more significant to to my current investigation mm-hmm. than it ended up being. Yeah. You know, like it's a nice little bit of fan service, but it doesn't have that much to do with what you're. Yeah. in the here and now for mm-hmm. um so you have you know you have your leads um at this point you know about and they all kind of lead to the same place weirdly <laughs> yeah um, except for the except for the cheese but like the hot dog the arcade and the car all yeah. lead to the same block <laughs> yeah. um, outside of hysteria hysteria hall mm-hmm. yeah hysteria hall referring to an antiquated notion of the uterus causing every single ailment in women <laughs> Indeed, and and uh, space invaders. Oh, true. Um, so, <laughs> um, which is a pretty sweet looking arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, it is semi random whether Lucy will be here or not, and if she's not here now, you can go do some stuff and she'll show up. Mm-hmm. So this is where eventually where I met her, but it takes some time. Um, but I think she can be here right away. Yeah. Um, there's also a weird hall of mirrors in the background, which when I got to, it, I was like, you know what? There's going to be a boss fight or something here. <laughs> Like, like I'm gonna have to do like a chase through the this. dragon. Yeah, yeah, but nope. <laughs> it looks like um, the Running Man. It looks like the set of the Running Man. Oh, yeah. um, but it's it's not, and you just have to get through it. It's just a pain in the ass to navigate. Yeah. Like I do not understand the point of that mirror maze. Did you end up interacting with it in any kind of uh, mm. meaningful way? No, not at all. I found like the crazy vestigial alleyway that's kind of off to the right, but uh, never a yeah. hall of mirrors. So this is news to me. Yeah, there's a hall of mirrors that you go to from the arcade that is useless. Hmm. Useless. <laughs> useless. Well, I mean, so. aside from to you know demonstrate some of the technology, right? No, no. It looks like it, it looks like it's just a bunch of garbage like stacked up. Yeah. Like it looks like the junkyard from like, Shadowrun for us. And yes, it like, looks like a bunch of garbage stacked up. Yeah, <laughs> so just, like, that's like the best diss of a graphical presentation I've ever heard. <laughs> Well, okay. it's, it's not. Not only does it look like trashy, like it's bad graphics, but it also is not high tech. Like it, uh-huh. it looks just like you know walls of a junkyard. Like it doesn't look like it's supposed to look impressive. Yeah, it's 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 dumb. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you talk to Lucy in front of a command and conquer uh, um, red alert machine. Real <laughs> subtle guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's twenty fourteen. I have enough quarters to complete command and conquer at the arcade it's 2014 <laughs> and we are not talking about command and conquer 
nor are there arcades anymore. So nice try, 1997. Yeah. You tried to get one over on us, but you couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, you talk to Lucy, and uh, you know she she refers to father, 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 and you know like anybody can put two and two together, and you know see that she's talking about Clovis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. yep. So this is another uh, another uh, instance where I got stuck. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna go check back on some of these seeds I planted in the previous chapter. Check with the dragonfly lady who said that she sold the earring to a nightclub owner. Uh, which brought mm-hmm. Nightclub Row onto my map. Uh, did that resolve in a different way for you? No, that that's how that happened for me. Even okay. though there's a little, like, one kind of important detail that we glossed over, uh, which is I think you find a photo where you're captured, but you get a photo of the moon bus incident. Oh. And uh, when you inspect that in the Esper, you see there's a, a shadowy figure in the background, and after you enhance it, it's actually you. Mm-hmm. And you're there. And I think that is dependent on whether you're a Blade Runner or not. Or, or whether you're a replicant or, or, replicant or not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I was definitely a replicant in my game, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was in the the photo. But I feel like that's something that toggles depending on whether you're a replicant, whether you're in the photo. Yeah, I was in that photo as well, and uh, you know I expressed my own I expressed my own disbelief at that. Um, but um, who knows if that was doctored because like photo doctoring becomes a because a plot point later on, and that really just might yeah. be McCoy and you know being in, in denial, right? Yeah. So. Yep. And they can make. I mean, if they can make photos 3D, they, <laughs> they can they can put somebody in them. It's no big deal. Yeah. I could put mm-hmm. myself on a surfboard, <laughs> you know, <laughs> riding a wave of like riding a wave of sexy ladies into uh, a <laughs> in, in, into a guitar explosion. Gary, enhance, enhance, <laughs> enhance, enhance. <laughs> Nude tane. Yeah. <laughs> Does not compute. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that 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 is a pretty big one. Um, a couple of other kind of character beats here on uh here on Hysteria Row or whatever. Uh, there's the hot dog vendor ladies, uh, or like the yeah. the, the older couple who are real neat. Um, you know, you talk to them about Lucy. Um, they don't recognize her, and uh, they're just general flavor text. And I like the idea yeah. of hot dog vendors in an entirely uh, synthetic society. For some reason. Yeah. Well, I like that they're just like, did you happen to see a, like a 14 year old girl with pink hair and sell her a hot dog? And they just, you know, we sell more hot dogs to 14 year old girls with pink hair. Like we are right outside of an arcade. You, <laughs> yeah. you know, of course we have. <laughs> yeah. Um, you also run into crazy legs, Larry, who's my least favorite character in the game. Pretty much. Um, the used car dealer who has a really annoying voice and takes a long time to say anything mm-hmm. and you can't skip his dialogue. So like when you're clicking on a guy, like just to make sure you've exhausted all their dialogue, mm-hmm. you get this constant, like, Man, I'm crazy legs, Larry. Like this drawling, like I got nowhere to be, and I'm gonna waste your time, player. Kind of, uh, kind of spiel every single time I talk to him. I hope you have all the papers for these cars, crazy legs, Larry. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Who you think I am? I'm crazy legs, Larry. Yeehaw! You can you can take it whatever way you want it. Just don't take it for a test drive in the third sector. And then just <laughs> you can call me Ray, and out. you can call me Jay. <laughs> <laughs> but just don't call me Crele. Um, <laughs> like essentially, and he's in a wheelchair too. So like, which is fine. Yeah. But it just it it you know it's dumb. I don't like well, Crazy Legs, Larry. Yeah. Well, you also hate the handicapped. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> but uh, you know, Hysteria Row, another of the many districts, the arcade district yes. of New LA. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yep. 
Um, um, so, anyways, so we know that the, the they sold the earring to a nightclub owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to go uh, find the guy from. You go to the nightclub and go <laughs> check in with the guy from Prodigy, um, <laughs> who's guarding it. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and it's yeah, just a, it's a nice in- little uh, like lure him away so you can get into the VIP area. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love how when you're distracting him by talking to the the dancer, you end up using um, lines of dialogue that you end up using when actually interrogating people. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you're you're just like, "How old are you?" Like, and they're they're things that can be void comp test questions. <laughs> yeah. They just reuse the samples, but they're suggestive. And there's one where he's like, um, he says like, mm-hmm. "Why don't you tell me what I want, and we'll see if I like it." <laughs> Like, and you say that when you're interrogating someone too, but it just seems suggestive because you're talking to a stripper. Yeah. Um, they, re- they reuse the same voices. It's funny. I mean, how old what, are you? What you're how saying is you? like, so you don't, when you go to a strip club, ask, ask a stripper, you see a turtle in a desert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, how old are you? Are you talking about my clit? So, but so, it's a nice little, it's like a Monkey Island-esque prank solution. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, yeah. to harass the ladies, right? Um, and, yeah, uh, and, it, and it's also, it, it's, it's, uh, it's pleasantly stupid because he just walks over and then you just run over to the secret entrance yeah. before he can get back there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, a, and it's a super sweet rotating booth. Did you ever get kicked out of the club? There's a real Looney Tunes, like, getting you thrown out on your butt. Like kind of thing. Does he give you the bum you toss? On your butt. Yeah, he gives you the bum toss. <laughs> if you get kicked out, it's really funny. <laughs> it just goes with like like McCoy has stepped out of like a, a you know a Charlie Chaplin film. <laughs> like he's like a lovable tramp. I mean, like he's like walking Buster downstairs Keaton. and yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Bradbury <laughs> Building falls over on him, but there was a busted out window, <laughs> so the he's window fine. Doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just his face is just shrouded with glass. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but um <laughs> i don't even know man. but you get back there and uh early q is pretty funny uh, yeah yep yeah yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh so 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 my favorite line of his is you're gonna be able to cut diamond down there or your money back you know when uh back at, when i was my burgeoning sexuality <laughs> i was reading a copy of the joy of sex that my stepdad had at some point Mm-hmm. And it had a list of euphemisms for hard-ons in it, and diamond cutter was one of them. And that was before in my life I had learned that diamonds were something that was like a hard surface. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like, I know what those words mean separately, but what do they mean together? Why would my dick ever be a diamond cutter? Are you telling me I ruined like, marriages? I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... It was it was confusing as hell, like yeah. as just a as a as a thing. But yeah, yeah, we we've actually skipped out on a pretty significant portion. So you can go to the early queue, but there is another club you can go to, which is the Tongue Club. Mm-hmm. Um, it's oh, not so yeah, much of a yeah, major yeah. thing, but uh, you know, it, it is it is the other option you could go to. Um, so I guess you could leave. So, so we leave. We get into the VIP area, and then we talk to early Q, find about find out about how our dick could cut diamonds, and then we leave to go mm-hmm. over to the tongue club. There we go. I reconciled it. I feel fine now, Gary. <laughs> Everything is going to be okay. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, you find Gordo. 
um, who is uh, yeah. the stand-up comedian, this uh, renaissance man, this new Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra, baby! Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is also um, noteworthy. There we go. I avoided saying it, saying it again um, because this is the place where Zora was dancing um, in, uh, mm-hmm. in in the film. So, yep, mm-hmm. yep, 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 yeah. <clears throat> and uh, he does this kind of thing where he's doing a, a stand-up routine, <laughs> and when you when you come in, like he's telling you know, it's telling like you know super hacky jokes, but at some point he uh, makes you the center of attention mm-hmm. and starts just kind of talking shit about you as a blade runner yeah you know like and like a, like he's a sympathizer and it made me wonder like you don't get very much in the way of like a man on the street kind of opinion but i imagine this is kind of like blade runners are not well respected in this world you know um like that you could do this and nobody you know it, 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 nobody bats an eye at a comedian just kind of taking the piss out of you like uh, i wonder what the what the average person thinks uh, of this conflict I read it more like he was blowing up his spot as being, you know, this kind of undercover guy. So, like, if if the sympathizer gets up on stage and says, yo, check out this guy. His name is Ray. You can call him Jay, but he's totally a, bra- a Blade Runner. <laughs> um, like, just, right. you know, like making you completely ineffective as this undercover operative, right? Or as this, you know, undercover cop, essentially. So every every replicant would go to ground because he pointed you out. So that, like, yeah, that, no, that, I, that, I, that was I think the that's what, that's there. what he did, too. But yeah. it's also... Oh, that, That's yeah. the significance I took from it, too. But, like, mm-hmm. the fact that it just kind of happens in this club and nobody really seems to bat an eye or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it seemed, it seemed like something that you could do. Like, I wonder what the, you know, what side people are on oh like politically like if they're like if if the if the motion to uh or if the movement to give replicants rights has more has more footing than the uh the government is willing yeah. to give it credit for yeah i could totally yeah. see that i could also yeah. see that being a detail that they just didn't want to incorporate like maybe this entire crowd just thought it was super weird that he was doing this thing <laughs> you know as mm-hmm. opposed to like going boo boo you know throwing it at it because they weren't booing his previous shitty jokes so yeah, <laughs> you know, so like maybe it was, uh, huh, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it could either be, so, so you could read meaning into it. I just saw it as like, okay, so they just wanted to make it so they could get through the routine so you could chase them off the stage. Right. Yeah. But, uh, like that, 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 that's also a valid reading of it too. It's kind of like, yeah, okay, cool. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But, but yeah, he, he runs off. He does. After this. I, I like. I remember stealing his lighter, but I'm not sure why I did it. I just saw him put it down. I picked it up because they made a point of showing him put it down, um, but I never really did anything with it. And it gives you an option to, to to kill him. Like you know, he runs across the street, and uh, I think it draws your weapon for you. And he's like, "Go ahead, kill me, kill me, make me a, make me a martyr for the cause," which is mm-hmm. your your first thing that says, "Okay, he's not a replicant. I don't need to VK him." Because, and McCoy says it, every replicant wants to live. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Which is a nice touch. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't get his lighter and also never ran into a use for it. Right. So, I don't think. And this is kind of the end of this guy's story mm-hmm. for me. Like, he didn't show up any, you know, but it's, it's a nice little scene, like a nice little world building thing, but didn't end up contributing to the, the macro plot very much. Right. Yeah. So, he ended up in the basement. <laughs> in the basement of Forgotten Burps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then I went back over to the early queue to actually advance the plot. <laughs> and and what you're doing is you're finding uh, this dancer mm-hmm. um, there who Dectora. has, you know, he, Dectora, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately named dancer. 
Um, and then you find out that he gave her the jewelry mm-hmm. uh, for it. So you sneak into this third area of the club, which is kind of weird. Like, I didn't think that was going to be there. Um, and you have to watch her do the entire thing. If you click on her while she's doing it, you get kicked out of the club as well. And he <laughs> says, no t- touching. You're touching? Oh, man. Yeah. So that animator Maybe really, sure. really wanted his, his uh, dance routine to be seen in full. Yep. 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 And, uh, and it's, you know, it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> it is, it is the best digitized like titties that, um, no, it's not. And, uh, <laughs> it's a contradiction and, uh, of terms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, don't, don't get turned on by video games. We've talked about it before. Yep. Um, especially not this. Hmm? Um, but you head back and you're, you're talking to her in the, uh, the, the backstage area. And it's interesting. Like it actually, this is kind of where the plot takes a weird turn. Mm-hmm here um because she's like you know you do the vk on her and but she starts questioning your humanity and eventually she calls the police on you and you're like okay that's fine like i want the police to come here like what are you doing um but when you do the the police actually take you into custody and say that you are a replicant and uh bring you into this like super creepy underground lab yeah which is just underneath the club so they're not real police (laughs) It's, yeah, but you know, I mean, at this point, like, it seems like a, and there are weird things that are kind of afoot mm-hmm. here as well, but it, it's a lot of like kind of false uh, positives mm-hmm. yeah. that happen with plot twist. <laughs> Some, somebody is trying to gaslight you into thinking that you're a fraud. Like mm-hmm. they, they really want you to think you're a replicant, whether or not you actually are, which it's really just a coin toss. But yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, they are working very hard to, uh, to manufacture this reality for you. And they've got you tied yeah. up to this dentist chair. Uh, with Metal Gear Solid lights on you, and uh, this guy who looks vaguely like a gimp policeman, <laughs> by which yeah. it, it, it's it, like, it's kind of like an S and M, and like like a Law and Order S and M. Yeah, um, and and a cool dude with shades who's uh, interrogating you, and he doesn't know. Uh, you know, you tell him your badge number and all this stuff. He doesn't know, yeah. and eventually Crystal pops in and uh, and saves you, yeah. and he is a like a disgruntled bounty hunter, right? Something, Something like, like that. that. Yeah. 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 And then Crystal shoots you in the chest point blank <laughs> to get your restraints <laughs> off. I thought well, this is the goofiest animation. Just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> like what I do wrong. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're freeing me. Okay. Why don't I have some kind of like terrible bruise and like five broken ribs? <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Crystal says, you know, Dector is out there. Um, I, I don't know if this changes. Okay, so this definitely changes whether uh, she's a, uh, depending on whether she's a replicant or not. So in my game, she was a rep. And so Crystal recruits me to help her uh, take Dectora down uh, because, you know, she was one of the Moonbus people and uh, <laughs> she was headed, mm-hmm. to Bur- headed to Burning Man. And uh, Crystal wants to <laughs> wants you to uh, take it down. So they're uh, they're they're separate incidences, right? And so this was uh, kind of like taking Zora down, like chasing her uh, really really far and taking shots at her until she blinded me with a projector, and then I set her on fire and she fell out of the window. Yeah, she she literally went to Burning Man. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, yep. Did, 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 did uh, that happen for you too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had, we had very similar games. We had different endings, um, and I know that I've like looked up proof that the game is actually different. We didn't just imagine this whole like it's different every time you play it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it actually changed like when the first time you play it, it's the same, but then when you play it again, it actually cycles through. I could see that kind of seeds. Yeah. That would be an interesting way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's like a new game plus situation, and that's why our experiences were so similar. Right. In a lot, in like who was a replicant and who wasn't. Yeah. 
Because if she's human, then you, like you can run away with her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then, but she didn't live for me. She got she went to Burning Man. <laughs> um, so when, when you uh, when when you're out there, you know, just chatting over her smoldering corpse, yeah. um, Crystal gets a call on the radio and uh, to take you in. Because uh, she thinks, you know, you're reported to be a replicant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, whoa, well, these other guys that we knew were fake just said I was a replicant. Like, what's actually going on? Um, and uh, she says, you know, you're not the person who's on my my list to take right now. But mm-hmm. get out of here. Right. So. Yeah. So you've been And burned. we interact for. Yeah. Yep. Um, can I use the restroom real quick? Yeah. I'm going to. Can we reconnect to? I'm having some, like, the lag doesn't seem that bad, but I'm having roboting. Okay. Cool. Uh, you, you've been, you've been fine the whole time through. So, um, yeah. Okay. So I will, I'm, I'm gonna uh, disconnect and then feed roars and we'll retry. We'll try again. Cool. All right. Be back in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Yep. Hey. I say hey. You say ho. Hey. Oh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. We're real tight. Okay. Um, yeah, so that uh, takes us into act number four. Yes. Right. Yep, go ahead and take it in. Okay. So we're on the run now, and we're fugitives. That means we don't have access to our spinners, um, by which I do not mean spinning rims. I mean our, like, crazy sky Flying cars. cars. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love the design um, on those things. Yeah, me too. I like yeah. those a lot. Um, so, uh, like it, video game, <laughs> we are now a sewer level. <laughs> yep. And that is how we get get around. Um, surprisingly like this, this, it kind of has this dissonance where like, when you look at the grand map, these things are very far away from each other. And then in the sewer, they're right. Everything is right next to it, to each other. You can only assume they're compressing space. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they definitely are, yeah. but it, it just, it feels a little weird. Yeah. Um, even though we didn't really mention this, but the above ground things tend to be connected as well. Right. And sometimes in surprising ways, like it's, it's not ever necessary because you can usually take your, your spinner, but, um, you actually can. Uh, kind of travel the world mm-hmm. on foot. Yeah. Do you prefer your sewer levels to come earlier or later? <laughs> like, if there has to be one. <laughs> um, probably earlier yeah. when, like, yeah, when like design steam hasn't run out. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, not that this is particularly bad. Like, these are fine sewer levels. They yeah. are appropriately like. I mean, they they look like they're full of toxic waste. Like these look like the kind of places where jokers are born. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like it is full of vats to knock. You know. <laughs> Jack Napier's into Jack Napier and just create an army of Nicholsons. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, this is a pretty, pretty interesting looking sewer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think usually earlier though. Yeah. You know, this is kind of later when it makes sense for you to narratively fight rats. Yeah. Like I, I think that the example of how not to do it is vampire, but yeah, vampire is pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even that was just too long. Like, it was fine for that guy to be hiding out in the sewer yeah, or what have you. But yeah, this one, you know, you spend a lot of time here and it does it like it's effectively it's getting rid of your fast travel, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the opposite way that things usually go in video games. Like usually you don't have to start manually walking everywhere mm-hmm. halfway through the game. It's usually the opposite. And it's kind of frustrating, like yeah. getting around and knowing which sewer exits correspond to different areas of the city. <sighs> It's frustrating, yeah. It's not so bad now, like when you, when when the possibility space is kind of closed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like uh, later on, when it's you know the very ending, and you're trying to figure out where you need to go, it's yeah. uh, it's problems. Yep, yep, yep. Don't like it. 
but uh you meet the twins for the first time and uh <laughs> yeah they're 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 the cool they're the rarest kind of twins there are conjoined twins well you know hillbillies want to be called sons of the soil but it just ain't gonna <laughs> happen <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah conjoined twins which makes sense because everything is weird in this world right mm-hmm. i'm not saying if you're if you okay so if you are a set of conjoined twins listening with one one uh uh, uh headphone in one ear and the other in the other um you're welcome. a splitter cole a split okay <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to put a marker here. I'll send that to you. I'll use. I'll let you use your discretion as to whether or not you want to cut that out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, no, no, but uh, but but they uh, they are um, conjoined twins, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who were working for uh, Tyrell, and you pop up in their uh, in, in in their um, you know office with their crazy rock and gestures. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a big mouth Billy Bass, but creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh they 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 kind of provide your uh um you know they they're going to be your mission givers for a while because now you are working against the system which includes Tyrell. Right. Right. And they want um it's like some kind of DNA. That's a little bit thing. later when they're down in the labs, but like right now they uh just tell you, yeah, Tyrell's like up to way no good and he's colluding with the police. Like there's there there there's something happening here. Oh, okay. Uh so yeah. it's very or much just... as part of the yep, no, you've crossed the Rubicon. Right. Right, giving you the plot now. And later they actually start giving you like give a go collect ten rat tails in the sewer. <laughs> but for here, like it, you know, they just uh, yeah, they're just kind of filling you in. And and what that that collusion is is the idea. You know, Tyrell obviously economically wants replicants to be legal on Earth so he can sell them for labor. And the idea is to get rid of um, like clean up. Yeah. Right. Like there's like a, a what what is what is the specific phrasing for it? Kipple. They say the, yeah, the kipple. There we go. Like just kind of surrounding the city. And it's like, listen, we have a robot army that I can make for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, they get murdery. But when they're not murdering, they can clean well. Like, let's make this happen. And, oh, uh, um, uh, yeah. Um, Mr. Tyrell, I got a question for you. I'm just a I'm just a lowly uh, southern senator. But uh, I got to ask you, if you're programming these here, uh, these here robots, um, why can't you make them uh, 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 not murdery? Nah. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There we go. The hard questions, Gary. The hard yeah. questions. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but um, they're here to kind of tell you to get the fuck out. But uh, you're yep. gonna see them later. Uh, you go back to your apartment, which is one of my favorite story beats because. Guza has hired an imposter to like live in your apartment and convince you. Well, they, yeah, they're really trying to sell this false memory thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's like hiring actors, and like, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher is going to show up and Bo that you got prunked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't miss bored at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty it's pretty funny this guy just pulls a gun on you and then your own apartment locks you out yep uh, yeah there's a dog yep. so you're you're a sewer you, you are a sega genesis sewer person now yeah. and uh, <laughs> you're running around uh with the hobos i guess you can kill you can kill this hobo um down here in the sewers um, mm-hmm. he, 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 he provides a lot of, uh, exposition for you at the very least saying, Hey, there's this like heavy set gruff dude. who's like running around setting pimps on fire. 
Um, might want to check that out. <laughs> well, and, and he also says like he's seen you down there before mm-hmm. with the replicants. Oh, like, I if you're a replicant, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're a replicant, he's like, no, you've you've been down here before. You know where everything is. I've yeah. seen you dozens of times, which is you know <laughs> real. Like, yes, Guzo could have hired an actor for an apartment, <laughs> but I definitely wasn't down in the sewer. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, but uh, so so the fact that I that, that that I checked for this to see like okay, did my playthrough jibe? Um, and it really did jibe with that playthrough. But this guy was taking delight in murdering this homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like uh, he. This is the same uh this the the same homeless man uh that you can encounter when you're chasing after uh, uh gosh what's his name Gunter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Yeah. The, the 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 boiling water thrower. Yeah, um, but like ball. you can you can just like straight up shoot him, and he's the only person you can kill without consequence. And uh, like every time this hobo came up, there was in parentheses like unless you killed him, he like yeah. spelled h e h e. It's like okay, so like maybe don't take so much joy in talking about killing the homeless. Yeah, like, I mean, and, listen, we all know that like it's the crime that you get away with. It doesn't yeah. make it right. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, like the game. Yeah, the game is supporting the fact that you can get away with it. Yeah. Yes, you can. Listen, but that doesn't mean you should do it. Listen here, apt pupil. Like yeah. <laughs> we don't <laughs> all live that way. You nothing, <laughs> apt pupil. <laughs> Just because you can yeah. doesn't mean you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> by far the weakest story in that collection but uh, <laughs> but yeah he provides a little bit of exposition and he lives right next to the cistern where the where the big uh showdown takes place mm-hmm. but uh you have some work to do such as um <laughs> fighting a rat on a bridge but making sure you move off of it in time yeah this thing with the 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 bridge rat like i really don't know what's going on here like I ended up having to look up like I universal hint systemed the the way to do it and it's actually kind of broken like you have to shoot the rat in time before he gets on the the plank to weaken it I guess. Yeah. Um but then if you try to walk across the plank you're going to fall in or it's going to crack. It'll leave and come back for the game to forget that a rat was ever near it. What? Yeah. Like that's how and that's how that's the a, a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Is shoot the rat before he gets on it and then you leave and come back and you can walk across it. Yeah. My, my big problem with it was, so you and the rat cannot be on the bridge at the same time. You cannot leave the chicken with the corn or the yeah. fox with the chicken. <laughs> um, and also you need to shoot the rat in time. And you have far less time to shoot him once he's on terra firma than he is when he, you know, than, than it is when he's on the bridge. And if you shoot him when he's on the bridge, the bridge breaks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah you want to shoot him before he gets on the bridge. But then sometimes when you get on the, the plank, it will still break. Yeah. It is the puzzle that playtesting forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, you get through there, and this is the, the the twins' lab, which is not only right underneath the Tyrell Corporation, but also exists in some kind of magical wormhole where there is no security at the Tyrell Corporation. And that has to do with um, the difficulty mode. Does it? You're playing it on. Yep. Um, if you play it on, because you probably play it on easy because it's an adventure game, and you choose, and it just it just changes the combat frequency, I think. Huh. And that makes uh, getting to Tyrell, like, one screen, whereas it's more, there's a kind of a puzzle to it if you play it on medium. It's the only change that's not, like, combat difficulty that's made with that difficulty thing. I don't, so does it default to easy? Because I don't, I didn't make any kind of uh, um, change to that. It might, like, that, as far as I know, like, what I read, and I haven't played through it multiple times, but as far as what I've read, um, easy mode is where you can go directly to the Tyrell Corporation through this kind of one shoot kind of thing. And it, it might default to easy. Okay. But it's the only puzzle change that gets made. The yeah. other changes that get made are all combat changes. Mm-hmm. 
which like why you would want to play this game on hard <laughs> is mind blowing. Like I just don't challenge runs, twin galaxies, yeah. pro gaming, yeah. <laughs> MLG. Yeah. I have no idea why you do that, but <laughs> that's my understanding. I could be wrong about that, but that is uh that is what I read. Yeah. So. You're being sent up here by the by the twins. They want you to get some DNA discs, uh, which are actually really important collectibles throughout the game in terms of which endings you get um, mm-hmm. on certain paths. Uh, but uh, they say, "Hey, we have some uh, some info on you, um, and you know why you were framed, or you know how you were framed, stuff that will exonerate you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can just get this, because the twins are furiously researching to extend their own lives, as you would, because they find out that they are uh, that they're replicants, or at least Clovis has shown them their incept photos um and mm-hmm. this is where mccoy says yeah those could have been doctored like mccoy could totally be uh could totally be manipulating you but they're like would you really want to risk that right yeah right and he's talking to the player as well <laughs> yeah so uh the, 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 that, that that's why you're going up there and uh um the, the, there's any little plot plot beat here which is that like all of uh tyrell's mistakes quote unquote are the ones who are given fake memories and put out to be human Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, you, you can't take uh, you know, this this weird two headed, you know, monstrosity. You can't go lift bricks <laughs> in the uh, in the, the off world colonies. Yeah, they just employ him as a scientist. Mm-hmm. Keep him, you know, employ him. Keep him close. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Do you only have to pay him one salary? Um. Yeah. Probably. Okay. That's my guess. Okay, let's back away from that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so you you bring them back the DNA disc, and uh, and they give you uh, they give you the files. Uh, I forget what's in the files, but it just it implicates uh, Guza, and that's uh, not Goza the Gozerian Guza, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Garland. Um, and uh, you go up to their apartment to call him and set up a meeting. Yeah, and he will only meet you in one place: <laughs> the cistern. <outside laughs> yeah, the, the cistern lab. in the sewer. <laughs> The, the big showdown area you can get to conspicuously yeah. uh, earlier. And uh, when you show up here, there's a kind of an interesting way that you can, you can deal with this. Um, so he, you know, he's been kind of fucking you over, but it's because he's been blackmailed um, by being such a crooked cop. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's kind of been doing all this shit. Can you be blackmailed if you're, if you're already doing all this stuff? Oh, sure. Like you don't yeah. want to get out. That uh, so, uh, yeah, that. yeah. I like, that's the only way you can be blackmailed. I, I momentarily <laughs> forgot the definition of blackmail, Gary. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it works. Um, yeah. So the uh, and but when you get here, um, the uh, Clovis and uh, the Jamaican guy, um, they know you're here and they're observing you from somewhere, right? Like you get hear the voiceover. Yeah. Um, which is kind of crazy. And uh, you have kind of have this choice whether you want to, you know, you can't save Guza. But uh, I, at this point, once I found out what he did, I was so replicant, sympath- you know, sympathetic that I killed him and, and shot him and, and knocked him in the, the, the lava, mm-hmm. the sewer lava. The Guza? Yeah, yeah I made him into Guza. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I let, uh, like, Clovis kill him because I wanted mm-hmm. him to have the satisfaction. Yeah. That and I didn't realize I could pull out and shoot him. I thought that would be a game over. So, you know, and that yeah. just speaks to some of the weirdness of that system. But yeah. I'm on Team Replicant, so. Me too. <laughs> just in general, I think that, <laughs> <laughs> like, across all media, I think I'm on Team Replicant. Yeah. Yeah. Poor kid. Poor pups. Poor, poor kids. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you shucks. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, so so I, I left it there, and either way, Guza dies. Uh, but then Clovis and Sadiq come after you uh, with their crazy mutant sewer people. I don't know if they're on their side. Like, I think those sewer mutants are just sewer mutants. Oh, okay. I never got the impression that they worked for the replicants or anything. I think that's just the game throwing <laughs> some combat in the end. Yeah, throwing Silent Hill <laughs> monsters at you, like these hobbling yeah. like bandage well, face like people. Toxic Avengers <laughs> to be like <laughs> you just have to fight tons of Toxic Avengers in the sewer and cops. Like cops are chasing you as well yeah. Yeah. at this point, which you can kill or run away from. It's mm-hmm. up to you. Yeah, and they uh, they hound you through through the rest of the game, and the yeah. sewer just kind of becomes this weird trial and error place. You just have to hope that the that the RNG gives you like a non cop area, yeah, because otherwise they'll just snipe you and you'll yeah. and you'll fucking die. It's frustrating. There's no permanence to like if you go into an area, there's a cop. If you just leave and come back, the cop will be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, they just disappear. Go search other areas of the sewer. Yeah. So, Blah. and the whole way the the sewers are kind of handled is pretty weak. Like I think they're visually interesting, but. The, the the mutant roving mutant gangs and you know giant rats and you know shoot hop, happy cops yeah. like don't really seem to fit the tone very well. <laughs> How many like, people's rights am I supposed to care about, Gary? Yeah. <laughs> so I've got replicants. I've got I've got Morlocks. I've got you know what has to be sentient rats. Yeah, you <laughs> know they broke that bridge. <laughs> like just to stop me from getting across it. Yeah. Um, so uh I, at this point i headed back to my apartment because uh you know i figured that was my only refuge and also probably the only place i could get to from the sewers <laughs> i forget exactly why um and you get up there and uh so so, so guza has decided to uh to unsublet your apartment from the imposter they hired <laughs> you know <laughs> Well, for me, since he died, like it, it just the the lease was automatically up. Exactly. It, like he just got a little like you know printout or a fax just popped in. Yeah. As his nose to vacate thirty seconds, like yeah, he got some kind of death note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, you get back up there and you find out that Crystal's killed your dog. Which why the fuck would you do that? Come on, well, she's, Crystal. She's a monster. Well, she is. But you yeah. can leave with her. Like there's an ending where like you side with Crystal, which is real strange. I think that because she doesn't automatically kill your dog. Oh, I think okay. your dog, I think Gaff can kill your dog at the site of the moon bus. But I, I watched, <laughs> like I watched holding the, it hostage, <laughs> like by the collar, like, yo, I killed his dog. She and he won't live. Closer. <laughs> again. Um, but then again, who does? Yeah. <laughs> Death for everybody. I'm Gaff, motherfuckers. I'm Gaff. City speak. <laughs> what, what, what ethnicity am I? You don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Just like rides away on jet boots. Orange. Stand and deliver, motherfucker. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Why would these kids listen to me? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think he can kill your dog there. I watched all the endings on YouTube. Okay. He doesn't hold it hostage. I think he, you just find the dog dead uh, with him like standing over it. I don't okay. think they ever actually show the okay. dog die. Okay. So like every piece of literature, they're signposting who you should hate by who kills your dog. Yeah. If if a dog is introduced, it has to die. Yeah. It's the, it's the reason why, um, what is it? The last guardian. Like, if that ever comes out, like, you know, do you guys really want that? No. You know, you know that thing's going to die, right? Yeah. Um, they killed the fucking horse. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Spoilers. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, been eight years. Who cares? <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. 
Oh, man. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of getting into the endings here. So you get up there and you take a nap because you're tuckered out from all your <laughs> sewer, from, from all your sewer walking. Yeah, sewer adventures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And, and you get the, um, you get the cutscene again, um, that the, uh, Tyrell and the mayor are including, uh, to, to get rid of the kipple. And, uh, Clovis kills the governor and security fires on Clovis and he mm-hmm. gets out. So again, I don't know when this, whether this happened before or after Deckard showed up and talked to him. Like, you think security would be a little tighter if it happened beforehand? I I thought so. I I thought about going back and watching to see if like they showed the uh, the main office, like if it was if you know if if it was intact after that because he shoots out the window. Yeah, and like that window is a very important visual fixture of that entire building, really. Um, and so like, I, I kind of wanted to go back and see like when Roy comes after and, you know, squeezes Tyrell's head to death, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) squeezes him apart. Um, if they actually showed that, because it would be awesome if they, you know, just, you know, if they said, okay, there's no reason why this window couldn't be broken or under construction or whatever. Yeah. 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 Or if they didn't have Rachel get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah so so that 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 is kind of the uh, that, that that is the uh, transition between Act Four and Act Five and Act Five is really just the uh, is, choosing is, the ending just, just just choosing the ending because yeah. you're given free reign of the sewer again um, no mutants this time specifically but plenty of rats yep and uh, and Lucy calls you and, and wants you to come with her and uh, you you kind of have like a different she did that for me and you kind of have differing amounts of how creepy you want to be. A little bit with her like you can you can say some kind of like gross you know let me be your father figure mm-hmm. put your little hand in mine kind of stuff yeah to her that, that's kind of troubling i uh, I, I think that so you know uh who you get a call from in act five it just like you you know which ending you're gonna get because i think that like dectora can call you uh can mm-hmm. call you she like she's one of the people there uh crystal um can call you i believe mm-hmm. um but yeah that like that, that that is the signpost of like which set of possible endings you can do right. um, but yeah both of us got lucy at this point yeah lucy we got different endings but lucy lucy called me as well right um so eventually you kind of make your way to uh crazy legs and i'm just going there because i know that i can get a car there i can't remember if lucy says to meet her there or not um but uh but you get there and Crystal shows up. And for me, Crystal shot Lucy, like, pretty quick before I could really do anything about it. Really? Yep. Huh. So my Lucy got shot, um, sadly. Hmm. Yeah, I was able to unload on Crystal uh, before she did that. Um, and there was this kind of weird, incongruous story beat where Lucy was like, let's bomb the place. And I was like, Crystal's dead. No, you don't need to do that. <laughs> um, but nobody was bombed, which is fine. Like, this is just a, this is a fine, respectable, um, you know, yeah. like private business, you know, Crazy it's, legs le- is annoying, it's legitimate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they doesn't mean you have to, yeah. you, know, you don't have to bomb everybody who's annoying. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, so you can do this if you want to, and this is, you know, you escape on the roof. Um, and that's how you get out. The other endings involve you going down to where the moon bus is, yeah. which is like that big tunnel, that sewer tunnel that goes on forever, mm-hmm. um, eventually leads to where the moon bus landed and i recommend you know people check it out on youtube there's a, a kind of a super cut of all the endings hmm. um but uh for for us it just kind of ends here yeah like, like with, you, um, with you fleeing the city yeah and for me it was me by myself right like going off to live on my own outside of the city and with me it was super creepy with my 14 year old replicant <laughs> concubine. Child bride. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and you know, like, like one of the big variables. So there are four DNA discs that you can find, uh, which will help you complete the research to extend your lives. Um, but like, it was a real dark note, which is, you know, you're leaving with Lucy, but the narration, you know, McCoy says, I have no idea how much time we have left, but we're going to make the most of it, which I can only assume means a bunch of fucking, um, yeah, that's, that's probably true, yeah. which is a, a very dark ending. Yeah. <laughs> Child bride. <sighs> I'm uncomfortable with this, Gary. Uh, well, you know, it's a little bit uncomfortable. And even if, even if like, let's say she was 18, yep. it would still narratively be annoying because mm-hmm. you didn't have enough time to like fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. You know, is they just fell in plot love. Yeah. Instant plot love, the, which the, is one of the most annoying things that happens in video games and like, like, movies. Like the, like the, 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 the way that I interpreted it was that it was just, okay, this is a young person that I need to protect Right. And like, I saw no, like, like, like internally, I was like, okay, I need to, I'm going to side with Lucy because, you know, Clovis is on a death path. Like, you know, he's like, he's, Mm -hmm. he's out there putting himself in danger. And, you know, however much time she has left, like, you know, companionship is nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, so lately, let, let, let's go out there and try and make it together. But like, just the, the dialogue and the way it was presented, like, put all these romantic overtones. And so like, yeah. a father daughter narrative is not a bad thing. But when you put this crazy sexual side to it, like, it becomes like crazy. Yeah, it's kind of it's really weird. It really comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And and even if you were just been, you know, like, sympathetic, like, you know, I'm sympathetic to you because because you could do this as a human. Mm hmm. You know, like this could happen with you being a human and her being a replicant yeah. and just being like, you know, I've hunted your kind forever. It's, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it was a mistake. Let, you know, I'm going to make it up to you by helping you get out of the city. You know, like there are multiple, even if you're not going to like have stewardship over her, there are multiple non-creepy, non-sexual ways this could have ended. Yeah. And uh, the game didn't go for that, though. Yeah, they, they, they dove right into the depraved heart of it. Yeah. Which yeah. is just, yeah, it's just odd. Yeah. It's a weird choice. Uh, uh, um. Yeah. So I tried to do the to, to to do the moon bus ending because like that that direction is like the like the earliest branch you can take from your apartment to uh you know to where you mm-hmm. can go but like it just dead ended there like I wasn't able to proceed to it so I had to reload because I couldn't get back to uh, couldn't get back to the main path um, but uh, but yeah like that like looking at it later that was what I was initially headed towards until the game just broke yeah I don't know what what things you have to do to be able to go to the moon bus right. and do that. Because there, I mean, there, there are, what is it? 13 endings. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about, so, and there are, there are all kinds of different, like, you know, you can exterminate all the, all the replicants. You can go just leave with the entire gang. Mm-hmm. Um, different members of the gang can be alive at the end. Um, you know, it's very odd. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what all the little flags are yeah. for like, it. So what we ended up with was the neutral ending, which was we didn't take a side. We just picked the person and escaped from it. Yeah. Like the, 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 the good and uh, not, I don't want to put good and bad onto this, but like the, the, the sympathetic ending is I leave with the, the replicants on the moon bus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the, the, the Blade Runner ending is you side with the crystal and you exterminate everybody. No, w- w- what we did is just, you know, the default. Right? Yeah. Tate, well, and that's kind of, you know, like, uh, like a single person is always going to be more important than a, than a principal. Yep. You know, which is the, the moral choice we tend to make or the, the kind of thing we go back to when we play games, mm-hmm. you and I specifically. Yep. Um, even though we didn't necessarily think we were going to fuck her. <laughs> and then, uh, McCoy did it. Got my cologne on. I'm going to 14 year old. Going to take her to the arcade and eat some hot dogs. 
I'm but, not comfortable, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of creepy. But that aside, I think that's more or less Blade Runner. And if you play it, it will be a different experience. Yeah. You know, to you. So everything we talked about may or may not be the de- the, the default one. Or, you know, we just got incredibly unlucky for the purposes of the show. <laughs> we probably make, um, you know, relatively similar choices. That's probably true. We're... we're we're of relatively similar dispositions. So. Yeah. Especially, and we, you know, we, I mean, at least as far as like, uh, adventure gaming mm-hmm. goes, I think we both kind of approach games in a similar way. So yeah. that probably has something to do with it. Yeah. You know, um, there's probably like a level of meticulousness and kind of combing things that we probably both did. Yeah. Yeah. And just approaching so, stuff for the show always colors the, the outcomes, right? Yeah. 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 So, so who knows what it was, but, um, we had remarkably similar, it would have been nice if we had, would have a little bit more variance. Yeah. But uh, we could not have planned that, really. Um, yeah, so that's Blade Runner. What are you, like, kind of wrapping thoughts? What do you think? Uh, you know, I was fated to love this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, even despite, like, oh, this is, like, crazy broken. Oh, wait, it's not broken. It just is more systems-based than most adventure games are. Oh, wait, the systems are implemented in a weird way. Like, because of the world, I was, you know, just, like, just fated to be enamored of it, which is fine, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super happy that I got a chance to play it, uh, mostly because it made no sense that I hadn't up to this point. Yeah, I was really surprised that you hadn't. Yeah. When uh, when it came up on our our radar, mm-hmm. um, I was really happy to replay it too, even though yeah. I I played it before. And it, it you know what it is like the thing that kind of going back to it like it's not perfect, mm-hmm. um, but it does those kind of really neat ambitious things and and not just selfishly because you know I'm a busy guy, but I love how short it is. Yeah. Like an adventure game that that's this length felt really right to me. Yeah, you know, like a like a, a monumental, like really, you know, a twenty hour adventure game feels wrong. Yeah, and and tedious. Like, it is, you know, in the, the longest journey, which is not that long, but it is a very very long game. Um, kind of like I like that game, but it wore out its welcome. Real you know, at, at a couple points. Yeah. Um, whereas this is just it's breezy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, everything moves at a pretty pretty good pace. Um. Yeah, I really, and it's also I love that it's uh, not inventory based but investigation based. Yep. Like parts of it reminded me of uh, L.A. Noir, mm-hmm. um, which I I like that. Ding 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 ding. Um, yeah. yeah, I was yeah. gonna say I mean, when I was playing it, it just it just made me wish for because that would make so much sense because like L.A. Noir is so much about like uh, you know your your observation, like looking mm-hmm. at behavior, looking at you know so and so, like so you're you're acting like a human lie detector um, against people who are overacting lying. Um, yeah. admittedly, but kind of like that presentation, the way that they built that classic noir, like if, you know, if, if there was a version of that or some kind of heroic user made mod <laughs> that put it into the <laughs> neo noir futuristic, you know, k- k- kind of setting a blade runner, um, like, they, like just, uh, Oh boy, like sign me up, you know, <laughs> stick a fork in me. I'm done because that is all the game I ever need to play. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's very cool. It'd be that would be awesome. Yeah, spe- speculatively, but yeah, it, it, it is like La Noir, and you know, like to a certain extent, comparing it to other stuff we played, like there's shades of Gabriel Knight in there too, which is like mm-hmm. topic based, um, you know, discussion as opposed to like the Lucasarts uh, etho- ethos of uh, you know, like what's the best joke or combining items to you know, yeah. see what happens. And Gabriel know? Knight kind of does both, right? Like you're you're doing conversation based stuff, and you're also kind of ramming inventory. Mm-hmm items together yeah um this is so firmly like the fact that you once you actually pick up something you don't actually have it um it's only important that you've seen it yeah did you did you spend a lot of time in the actual um evidence catalog thing i did i spent enough time to feel disappointed that they kind of broke away from the crime scene based yeah like, structure of it yeah 
Like I wanted there, I wanted to be able to like click something and then click on, I wanted to like have the, my guy make connections or what have you yeah. and, uh, and get kind of new insight by having to put things together. And that's not really what happens. The actual action that, that happens is always like, where am I going to go or what am I going to do next? And like, it, it was a waste of a really good interface because, mm-hmm. it, you know, conversation that you overheard would be saved as a discrete unit, like edited mm-hmm. together. So like Gaff talking about so-and-so, you know, saying, blah, 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 like that was a discrete thing. So like if you were able to do like a synthesis thing where you could combine those two uh, different uh, different items, it would require there to be less actionable things because otherwise you would be ramming stuff into other stuff all day. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like to be able to, you know, go back to Esper or back to the lab and, you know, draw those connections um, would be a great way to leverage that awesome, you know, information presentation that they uh, put a lot of time clearly in, into uh, developing. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Like, it's really neat. Like, you categorize it. You can categorize it by uh, the, the different cases, mm-hmm. you know, or you could uh, sort – like, what's the other way you can sort it? Is it by place? You it's, can sort the evidence by different uh, kind of metrics. Yeah, so it's by place, case, person. And, yeah. uh, and, like, you can even filter by, like, this is a recording, this is an object, this is a, this is a mm-hmm. testimony, like, all of those different things. So, like, they give you plenty of ways to slice and dice this info that, like, is is just not present in other adventure games. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, it, it just was disappointing that you don't end up needing to review it. Right. You know, that often. Like, one of the things it does, and we've talked about this in adventure games before, is, like, there's tons of adventure game chaff in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, um, weird little kind of false leads and things that seem significant that aren't you know like uh, we found that cheese wrapper and it turns out that kingston kitchens lady is using cheese which she, you know she shouldn't be doing which like has a very tiny amount of significance but isn't actually going to break a case for you um and there's a lot of that that happens and it's all really interesting kind of flavor text but kind of having so much and being able to do so little with except for a few little points mm-hmm. was kind of disappointing to me so um, and i guess i guess that's the mechanic is figuring out what's significant what is it yeah it, pl- it plays into the investigator part of it and yeah. like just like like like, yeah. like w- w- i think what i'm tuning into is just that it's not mechanically relevant and like maybe if they had gated it by that i would be you know conversely complaining about like oh i had to you know ram everything into everything blah blah mm-hmm. blah but like maybe they just presented that to you so you could make better decisions about where to be and when like yeah. it's to, to, to help you act like an investigator. So there wasn't a direct mechanical repercussion to going in and exploring that stuff, but it helped you maybe see a couple of moves ahead of what the plot was giving you event wise. Right. Yeah. I think that, I think that was the intention. Yeah. yeah. Which totally cool and admirable. Like we mm-hmm. just are so used to this weird mode of adventure game logic that we were not able to open up our eyes to that. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to speak for you. I'll speak for myself with that and say, like, yeah, yeah I was just, you know, you fall back into those old, uh, into those old rhythms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, you. Uh, I think people should check this out if they like adventure games or Blade Runner. Yeah, <laughs> and you should like so, both. Yes, and you should like both. <laughs> so I, I, I hate hmm. to be prescriptive, however, you should like both. Yeah, they are both great. Yeah. So yeah, very good. Thank you again, Eric. Yes, thank you. Um, for suggesting this and for helping us out with the Kickstarter mm-hmm. and, and everything. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I and, mean, uh, the, 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 yeah. The, there are so many moments and, you know, this the, the, the show has served a wonderful function for me, which is to expose me to new things. And sometimes you just have to pause and say, my life is better for having played this in some small, insignificant way. And I've seen more of Blade Runner than I would have seen before. And that is uh, that is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. 
yeah. So uh, moving on to admin stuff, or what are what are we doing next time, Cole? <laughs> well, next time we are doing uh, kind of another Kickstarter related thing, which is our hardware episode, Gary. Yes. Yeah, since we are recording this in advance, I wasn't <laughs> sure if you'd have a ready answer for that. Oh, I sure do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that is going to be a... Um, we are still kind of planning out exactly what that will look like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably going to be similar to our other special episodes where we'll break it up into kind of pieces. Yep. Um, I know, and we'll probably, similar to our music episode, we'll probably both like bring, kind of bring stuff to it. Yeah. Um, I know that I want to talk about uh, specifically a couple of Nintendo products. Mm-hmm. Uh, that relied on that, specifically uh, Mario Paint and the Game Boy Camera. Yeah. Um, I want to spend a little bit of time on. And uh, then we'll probably end up, you know, raving and, uh, you know, kind <laughs> of snubs and flubs about controllers we like or dislike for a bit, too. Yeah, controllers are good. So. I think just, like, technological dead ends are really interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, specifically, like, why did the Saturn fail? You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, just uh, just kind of those things. Uh, like, you know, we, we, we spend so much time talking about the software and uh, the things that are, you know, that, that, that we use these platforms to, to make. Why don't we talk about the platforms themselves for a little bit? And yeah. I, th- I think that that is, uh, you know, as we look back, you know, at what qual- you know, quantifies retro, um, you know, and, and, and to see kind of these, these failed experiments. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise, I'm focused on failure. but yeah controllers i think are definitely the uh are definitely going to be the underpinning because uh all of this is important to our experience right yeah yeah um and Hmm. then after that gary uh this is uh this is important for you because that is your pick for wolf ah yes well let's not announce that since i need to verify (laughs) okay that stuff cool um so there's yeah something that that might end up being another uh guest episode a special guest episode but i need to verify okay cool What's going on with that? I'm fine with that. And since we usually uh, announce uh, a little bit ahead of time, um, or three episodes ahead, um, after the, uh, the the next Watch Out for Lens Flare is going to be something that I am personally very excited about, which is uh, Killer7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was another Kickstarter-backed um, uh, suggestion, uh, which was suggested by, as I look here, Nolan. Hey, Nolan. Thank how's you. it going? Yeah. Hey, Nolan. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a game I have played but not beaten and mm-hmm. not put serious time into. I've just kind of picked it up. So I'm looking forward to uh, – and we haven't done a, a Suda51 game or a Suda Studios. Suda51. Uh, Suda51. Yeah. Uh, Suda Suda 51. 51. Yeah. yeah, I was confused as Swery65 yes. is the other oddball <laughs> Japanese developer thing that we've done. Yeah. So we're yeah. doing those in kind of rapid succession? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, Good idea. Uh, bad idea. Time will tell. <laughs> time, uh, <laughs> time will bear this out. Mm-hmm. You, you already know how we feel about Deadly Premonition. Um, yes, you do, even though I do not <laughs> um, as a time of recording. So, um, yeah. So that, that's what we're doing next. Um, yep. If you want to comment on any of those. Or what was that? I'm sorry. No, I was just laughing. Don't worry. Oh. Uh, if you want to comment on any of those, um, go to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Mm-hmm. Um, we welcome that. Um, yeah, we, we always welcome those and we, uh, we, we, we collate them. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you would like to, uh, just participate in the ongoing conversation, that is facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs, uh, where we post the new episodes and, uh, just general things that are happening. Uh, <laughs> we often react to the games that we're playing, um, in mm-hmm. real time there. And, uh, people are, uh, always quick to, uh, to add to that conversation. And we are forever grateful for, uh, for all of our, uh, dedicated fans who, uh, are here to talk about this stuff with us. Indeed. Yeah. Um, if you like this show, you might also like Bonfireside Chat. 
mm-hmm. by the time this comes out, we are knee deep in Dark Souls two. Yeah, we or are starting it up. Yeah, yeah, ankle yeah. deep. I would say ankle deep. Ankle deep, we, we, ankle deep in Dark Souls two. Eventually, you know, they'll just be Dark Souls world. Like it will just become a planet of water. <laughs> Dark Souls. Um, <clears throat> we'll be sixty thousand fathoms deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, we are just ankle deep mm-hmm. in Dark Souls two. That is a podcast where we are. Uh, doing a very in-depth and close-up examination of the Souls game. Yep. yep. Um, also, if you like this, uh, you know there are plenty of video games podcasts on the network, uh, such as Check It Out Comrade, which is Gary and Nick Glauber, um, also a Bonfire Side Chat occasionally, uh, talking about indie games um, and telling Indeed. you what you should pay attention to. It is your Steam Buyer's Guide. Yes, it is a, it is a um, they cannot possibly keep up with Steam. Like if, if you have a budget of like three dollars every two weeks, it is a Steam <laughs> Steam Buyer's Guide. Um, you should also check out Abject Suffering, which is me and Cole talking about uh, lousy games, but really just talking about whatever we like. Yep. And uh, if you like new games, and uh, four wolves a year is not enough for you, you should listen to the level, which is Cole and some of his friends doing kind of a video game roundtable discussion doing news and what you've been playing and kind of topics and listener interaction and such um that is very much worth your time and on the comedy front um there is also uh those damn ross kids which is a weird news program between cole and his brother that has been going on for a very long time mm-hmm. and you can hear the history in every <laughs> sentence in and every, word every single sentence it's almost like yes. i've spent my whole life around this person Yep. Um, And in written content, um, we've got uh, Hexcrank, which is my survival horror blog. Um, I'm not sure what I've written about most recently on this um, as of the time this comes out. And uh, hopefully, um, by the time uh, we talk about this, and when I say hopefully, I mean we ought to have done it by now, um, there is a new blog uh, by a new father from the level called The Daddening, uh, written by Dennis Furia talking about uh, his experience of being a new dad or you know mm-hmm. leading up to being a new dad so uh you know we are experimenting with written content on the network and uh you know all of us would appreciate your support indeed indeed, indeed. but mm-hmm. uh yeah so there's all of that and if you want to support uh all of this uh preponderance this uh, this absurd amount of great content uh, the, it's, it's just as easy as using our tip jar link that is duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. Uh, you're going to be buying stuff on Amazon anyway, because you are a human in this year of our Lord 2014. Um, doesn't cost you anything to use that link and we get a little kickback and that, uh, uh, does a great deal, uh, to make it so that, uh, this network runs, uh, uh, not so much at a profit, but just at, you know, and, you know, not costing at, us anything. Yeah. It is, so it doesn't cost us money to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then iTunes reviews and ratings are always useful. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's that's probably about it. Yeah. Um, again, thank you, Derek. Yes, and thank you. Uh, yeah, what uh, what should they watch out for, Cole? Well, I think they should watch out for replicants because they're bad news. They want to have sex with our women. Um, they have no. Actually, women. they should watch out for for humans. <laughs> Did you learn nothing? <laughs> like they should watch out for Blade Runners. Yeah, that's the exact opposite of the message. <laughs> Watch that out was, for Tyrell. That was the joke. It was that I learned Watch out nothing. for moon buses. <laughs> watch out for moon. Okay, so watch out for moon buses. They're going to set you on fire, I guess, is yeah. the, only, <laughs> the only lesson we've learned. Yeah, take you to Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite euphemism ever. Watch out for Burning Man. <laughs>
I'm looking. Uh, I'm I'm doing fine. <laughs> while, while I was sitting here, uh, just kind of like just trying to recenter and uh, get ready to record. I was on uh, I was on GBS and I was made aware of this thing, uh, the live search feed on PornMD. Yeah. I've heard of that. I just saw that. Yeah, I'm looking at like a. I found it on GBS. I'm just looking at the streaming. <laughs> One of these just says gamer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like this, this, this streaming. <laughs> like this could almost be just like 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 brainstorming like ideas for comedy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, like a, you know how there's like the like the like those decks of like you know things that are supposed to get the creative juices going, where it's like mm-hmm. open you know, like look at the sun, stare at the sun, stare at it. Now you're blind. Yeah, <laughs> like, like think about it, like those decks of cards. This is like that, but if you're like if you're trying to be edgy, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but just it, it's 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 effectively like a way to do that minimalist poetry that we like. You know, just just from just from random combinations of words. Yeah, yeah. Except it skews a little bit. It does. Towards, like it, some oh, of the it, stuff. It, it, it certainly like, does. Cigarette cigarette lichen is not a, <laughs> I think is not something that usually I think would make somebody horny yep. or workers inside homes. That's very funny. <laughs> b- b- ball with three L's. Z gay dragon. Ball Z gay dragon. <laughs> That's very good. Accent boss. <laughs> you know, fake doctor. <laughs> like the, like the, like like a bunch of them, a bunch of them skew, but it's like, you know, home mm-hmm. gag. <laughs> yeah, some of these are pretty good. Yeah. So, Elizabeth Hurley, since when has she been relevant? I don't even know who that is. Uh she was uh the the uh, lady for 90s movies. Uh Naruto 3D. She was in uh I think she was in the first Austin Powers actually. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, straight scaly fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got muska. What's that name? Of that muskalium. What that fucking? There's a weird oh. STD you can get. Oh yeah, it's like it's like some kind of weird uh, HPV scaly kind dick. of thing. Yeah, dick. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like musky. I can't remember what it's called. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is this is how they would be sold in the Eastern Bloc orgasm movies. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would like to, you, you walk you walk through <laughs> the doorway that is separated with the hanging beads to buy orgasm movies. <laughs> like, so yeah, okay, just, I, had to, I had to stop looking at this. It's, okay, <laughs> so, so it's it's pretty gross, but you can uh, you can switch. It it's not that gross. It's just distracting. Yeah, it's distracting. So. <laughs> 